And now, the Dr. Seuss Bible. One day, God said, this is what I will do. I'll send down my son, I'll send him to you. To clear up this humpity bumpity hullabaloo. His name will be Christ and he'll never wear shoes. His pals will all call him the King of the Jews. America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. He didn't come in a jeep. He didn't come in the pouch of a high jumping New opportunities. Clicking sounds. Sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive rays. The instrument, a Geiger counter, is converting radioactivity into sounds we can hear. That's it. Good evening and welcome to Tank Riot. This is episode 122. I am Sputnik. With me as always is Victor. Hello. And of course, Tor. Hello. Our topic for this evening is Theodore Geisel or Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. But first, all right, where to begin? I saw a very good documentary that I'm sure our listeners have probably, many of our listeners have probably already seen or perhaps even mentioned in Mailbag. Uh, which is Corman's World, Confessions mm-hmm. of a uh, Hollywood Rebel. Ooh. And it's really, really good. Um, our friend Roger Corman. Roger Corman. He, I mean, I would say the documentary covered it almost as well as we did. Mm-hmm. In episode 43. Yeah. But what was interesting, and I tie this back into what you had mentioned at our last podcast about the movie Hugo. Mm-hmm. So I took your recommendation, rented it, watched it, loved it. You're right. It had nothing to do with the trailer. Right. And it was just... And and in a certain way, um, Roger Corman, they mentioned at the in the back end of this documentary was that it, you know, he's kind of becoming like, uh, you know, like Uncle uh, George in 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 Hugo, and that is, you know, even though he has this huge body of work, he's you know largely forgotten. Even though, and it was great because they had so many interviews with all the people that he you know helped along, you know, uh, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Scorsese and I mean just down the list and it was it was really interesting and it was very good and Roger Corman is just one of those really really interesting people that if you liked our podcast on the subject or want to know more about Roger Corman I highly recommend this yeah. you know I would, plus he made the original Fantastic Four movie yes he did which we yeah. have a copy of and it's still the better Thanks one to a listener good day yes. <laughs> that's awesome but you know yep. it's kind of funny that we mentioned that we can get to it in mailbag you know today we have a mailbag section that's kind of exciting we do have a contest winner from episode yes, we 120 do. And we'll get to that in the mailbag segment later. But people often suggest that we do topics or shows on topics that we've already done shows on. That's right. It's really funny. I, I'm always tempted to just throw into the feed like our we did a, a episode on Tesla. It's one of my favorite episodes. Please see episode. A long time ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, when This American Life or some other of those shows are, are off air for a couple of weeks, they'll just throw in an old one every now and then. Right. And I just feel like we don't need to do that. But I really would direct people back. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a bad idea. Go to the idea. archives. Yeah, we're doing like Mel and Floyd or something, and just uh, putting on an old an old podcast. Yeah. Right. Well, because well, uh, everyone's like, you should do really do a show on Tesla. And it's like, well, we did, and it was yeah. great. You should yeah. listen to it. 
Um, yeah. But other we get other suggestions like Roger Corman and uh, you know Mr. Rogers. And Go to like tankriot.com and just browse through all the episode topics. Um, you can you'll, you'll probably, probably find, find something that absolutely. That you and you too can be yeah. the man from the future, <laughs> listening to us yeah. in the past before we become who we become. <laughs> well, and of yeah. course, uh, North Korea did launch their rocket. Did not work, but I, does, yeah. it, does it even have to? It'll be photoshopped. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it's just okay. Everyone's scared. <laughs> well, are they even sure it's a real rocket? I, I mean, don't know. It might be a big steel tube that they put some firecrackers inside just to scare everyone. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. This is the debut of Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Not with a bang. No. Uh, let's see what what else. Oh, I gotta say, I am so excited. My belly button has been puckering and unpuckering. My nipples are diamond hard because the Three Stooges movie is coming out oh, yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> I am so goddamn excited. Will Sasso. And- Will Sasso, <laughs> uh, the guy who who played Jack from Will and Grace, is is Larry. Wow. And just okay. oh god, the previews and the commercials were so clever. I was like, oh uh-huh. my god, I am so all over. Yeah, this. I think it'll get roundly panned, but I'm going oh, to that one. Whatever. I'm definitely going to that oh one. yeah. I mean, talk about the other great pillar of uh, Jewish absurdist comedy. Right. The Three right. Stooges are right up there with the Marx Brothers and early and consistent Hitler bashers too. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know, uh, we, I would point you to you ratsy spy. <laughs> I've been looking forward to the Prometheus film, mm. which is coming out. And so the Viking Princess and I have sat down and watched Alien and Aliens, and uh, yeah. we're getting ready for it. That and looks super The trailer awesome. looks fantastic. Yes, it and, does. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one, but that's coming up a little later. Another one I just found out about is and Ryan. Know, I, oh, I, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, Victor, I, Prometheus, the one downside I have of it is mm-hmm. it's just going to add to my continuing growing phobia about uh, Charlize Theron. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Could, She's in it could. and looking mm-hmm. very spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the hmm. other movie I, I've heard a lot about is Ryan Johnson, the guy who directed Brick. Wonderful, yes. wonderful film. Yes. Is directing a movie uh, coming this fall, which just hurts me. Uh, uh, I haven't seen the teaser trailer yet, which comes out today uh, for the film Looper. Have you heard of Looper? I have heard of it. So yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, choice number two to play the Joker in the mm-hmm. Batman films, in my opinion, uh, is playing an assassin. This is a, a great one for our time travel episode. Um, episode 75, yeah. he plays an assassin who apparently people from the future have figured out a way to kill people and time travel by sending them to the past to be assassinated by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Wow. And then these mobsters decide to close the loop on this assassin game by sending Joseph Gordon-Levitt from the future, who's Bruce Willis all grown up, into the past for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to assassinate. Cool. And then... You know, all hell breaks loose at that well, point. That just sounds like a crazy time travel. Bruce Willis story. already has mm-hmm. huge time travel there creds with 12, Twelve Monkeys. monkeys so and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I told you about that, right? When mm-hmm. it's on cable, that they digitize. You know, uh, Brad Pitt's character is constantly flipping the finger, mm-hmm. and they digitize out his finger. Oh, great! Like, <laughs> really? It's Can't not, handle that. Like, no one. Okay, whatever. It's a finger. It's a finger. Exactly. <laughs> Let's just move on, people. And oh, go watch the short film La Jeté. <laughs> that's true. I am really excited about the Tim Burton movie Dark Shadows. Oh yes. Um if if great preview. Just go out and look at this trailer because it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Because now if if some of our listeners are not familiar with Dark Shadows, Dark Shadows was a gothic horror soap opera from that played roughly from like 66 to 71 I want to say. And it was one of those shows. So, I mean, you, you got to try to picture this. It it was a, a daily soap opera 
And it was on at like at three in the afternoon. So it was on in broad daylight, but it was so creepy. <laughs> I mean, you look at it now and I mean, they had like a zero budget. If, if you think right. Star Trek TOS Boom was bad. And, oh, yeah. fuck. One take, stack shots, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it was so cool. Corman-esque. It was, it was very Corman-esque. And so, so they had all these time travel stories and werewolves and vampires and cool vampires, not the weird disaffected slacker kind that are mm-hmm. kind of in now but well probably not now after post hunger games but mm-hmm. and so you know it's tim burton so it's obviously you know played pretty campy and pretty funny but it it looks great so i was i was reading this article about um dark shadows a series and of course it, it has this huge cult following and you know when it was on i mean i had the comic books i had the bubblegum cards which if you flipped over made the made up the portrait of Barnabas Collins that he was always standing by almost like wearing the same clothes and the idiots that Collinwood could never figure out. You know, I think that's the same dude. I, I don't think he's the cousin from England. I think that's the same dude. Hmm. So anyways, I'm very excited about that. This will be great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to it. I also saw yeah. the preview for Paranorman, which I probably mentioned. Yes. That looks like a lot of fun. A I've, lot of fun. I think there's, I think there's a lot of good summer movies mm-hmm. coming out. Oh, and I want to say, I did go see John Carter again, and I did like it a lot more oh, really? the second time. Yes, cool, cool. I think the first time it was I, it was kind of a last minute decision. I, it was all kind of you know, an apple pie hubbub. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time, you know, I remembered that you know I'd read a lot of these stories when I was a kid, and I just kind of went in and I thought I'd like to see this again and just sort of think of it in those terms. And it was actually very close to the book. Yeah. And I, let's be honest, The Martian Princess was well worth another trip <laughs> I was to the rethinking theater. it, too, because some of the criticism it got, I don't know if I mentioned it when we discussed it, was that there were no black people on Mars. And it was kind of like, okay. There were green people. There were green people. Arms. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, I, yeah. And in my mind was just like thinking about, you know, how we all came from Africa and whatever. Who knows where the Martian oh, yeah. humanist kind of characters would have come from and you yeah, know, they can't exactly have African ancestry like we all do on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Up on I don't know. I was just thinking this is just yeah, a weird well, criticism to have for the film. It was like Star Trek Voyager when they had uh, Tuvok, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, well, yeah, it, it's a desert planet. So I guess Mr. Spock would actually kind of be more the anomaly <laughs> than, than, than Tuvok would if you're, yeah, if you're living it, in a it, desert planet. It depends how much sun Mars gets, you know, or Vulcan. Or, or Vulcan. Well, Vulcan gets <laughs> right. a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't know we were on Jarsum. Or... <laughs> Barsum. Barsum. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of good ones coming out. I got to say, I was, oh. So they're showing more, you know, Avengers clips. Hey, let me just tell you, they did a oh. preview of the Avengers movie for, uh, they did a big Hollywood screening. Okay. And the initial reaction from critics was. <laughs> Holy fuck. Holy fuck, this is awesome. <laughs> no shit. I'm really? not yeah. even kidding you. Oh. You know what they said? This is the best Marvel film yet. Wow. Which just kind of shocks me. And they're saying that, yeah, it's a little bit sluggish in the first and second acts, but the third act just blows away the action of any other wow. film. And and I thought. Well, Excellent, because right. I'm looking. I don't want the movie to suck. I'm looking forward to it being a great film and hearing the initial buzz being really positive is a good sign. Although that can always build the hype machine up too high, and then well, yeah, you know. okay. So my reaction to that, I see, 
I have a problem with it because I never liked the Avengers. It was to me, it was always like the Super Friends. I always liked the Avengers. See, okay, okay. Here's here's the problem. Oh, can you imagine oh, a the, Super Friends movie? But see, I, that would be awesome. I could make it like a parody. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The Wonder Twins. I yeah. mean, oh. or Gloop and Gleep. Gloop and Gleep that formed this wonders. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So. <laughs> Okay, here's the problem I have with the Avengers. Okay, just like a couple of them. Okay. All right, number one, you got a kind of a range of talent here, all right? Mm -hmm. You got the God of Thunder. Right. All right. Then you got Hawkeye, Mm -hmm. who shoots arrows really good. Played by Jeremy Renner. Well, okay, fine. Okay, (laughs) see my point. God of Thunder, guy who shoots arrows pretty good. Right, those guys would never go head to head. You'd always have the bow and arrow guy there to back up the God of Thunder right. in that odd uh, balder situation. But no, here's... <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they did bring Loki into this, which is oh, yeah, cool, because he was a good Loki. He was... Yeah, he was a good he Loki. He was a really good Loki, mm-hmm. but... Okay, here's... Okay, here's here's my other problem. The Hulk. All right. Uh-huh. All right, the thing with the Hulk is, is, you know, the Hulk's not known as a team player. So, I mean, like, what do you do? You just, like, point him in the direction of the bad guy and then give him a Chucky until you piss him off and turn him into the Hulk? I mean, how the fuck does that work? Well, they kind of set it up that Bruce Banner was working on controlling the Hulk while he was the Hulk. Oh. And it was going to be less of a dream and more like a real okay. person. Yeah. All right. Well, just you know, w- w- when uh, our government goes to war, they bring in the, you know, the soldier with the bayonet and the hand grenade. And they also bring in the B-1 bomber and the B-2 bomber and the... You, sure. you know, joint strike fighter. So, you know, it's a combination of weapons. All right. Okay. I like you the got trail- diversity. I like diversity, the trailer you know? where Captain America is going to Tony Stark and he says, you take away that metal suit, what are you? Billionaire, genius, playboy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. I grant you that. So, Plus, I've also mentioned S.H.I.E.L.D. creeps me out. But all yes, right, let's move we've on. Got it. We've got- anyway, and another and another thing I want to mention, just because I can I've been really missing the IT crowd. I really want to watch some IT crowd. So I went through the Netflix uh, DVD queue and got my hands on the Mighty Boosh. Okay. So the Viking Princess and I are now thoroughly enjoying the Mighty Boosh. All right. I think it's meant like more for the Tim and Eric awesome show crowd. Right. But it can also hit the the tweener set as well because it's a... have you seen it? It's a couple guys. Yeah, at the I've zoo. seen a couple. Yeah, it's it's it. You know, Bainbridge is also the character from the IT crowd, so it's kind of <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. So. Well, I mean, you guys got me like totally addicted to Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> I mean, and now like I see shit, I'll see Phineas and Ferb shit in the stores. <laughs> what are you doing? And everyone's like, "Why is that creepy old man?" Like, look at <laughs> <laughs> I love Phineas and Ferb, man. It's awesome. <laughs> well, my wife and I went to the uh, cheap theater for a date night. We saw Tinker Tailor Sailor Spy, Soldier it, Spy. So, <laughs> yes. Soldier right. Spy, yeah. Right. The John Le Carre. I remembered it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, have you guys seen that? No, I haven't. I read the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to be a huge John Le Carre fan. Is this yeah. Gary Oldman? Yeah. Yes, yes. Playing uh, Smiley. George, yeah. George Smiley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's a, pretty, it's a cool movie. It is. It, it's a spy movie taking mm-hmm. place in the 70s during the Cold War. Yes, it's probably, you know, I've never been a spy myself, but it's probably a lot more realistic than uh, your James Bond or uh, Much. your Jason Bourne m- movies. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not just like this continuous chase scene with a lot of shooting and everything and mm-hmm. special effects. You really have to pay attention. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a plot there with dialogue and, you know, it's like, you know, the big action is sneaking in the office and looking at the files. Right. You know? <laughs> right. It's it's very um, – yeah. the reason I love John Le Carre novels was, was because uh, the setup was so good. George Smiley was kind of like the anti-Bond in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like he had to kill a person once in his career and he still had – Agonizes about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, like Bond's like taking them out left and right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But there was a really great series. I think it was a TV miniseries, and it had Alec Guinness. Uh, listeners will remember him, of course, as Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> from Star Wars. <laughs> you just rolled in his grave just now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like when he yelled at that kid. It's like you got. <laughs> but um, what's really good about it is uh, that he's. He's always been chasing this Soviet master spy, Carla, codenamed Carla. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he's coming over to the other side. So he's like pulling in. So he's retired and he's pulling in all his old friends. And he makes this happen. And then when Carla walks across, it's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like pre, you know, next generation. It was pretty cool. Yeah, very. Okay. No. Oh, okay. No. I don't, I don't think that dude <laughs> so, ever so had So which hair. movie was that again? I think it was called Smiley's People. Okay, so it was a different movie with the same character. Oh, yeah, he, as had, a, in, he had a whole series a whole of books series about, about uh, okay. Ron George Smiley. And, yeah, this is my first exposure to it. Oh, but you love his books. It was pretty cool, yeah. You know, forget Tom Clancy. He's like such a jack-off, but, you know, because he's got all, you know, just like such a techno nerd and, you know, go on yeah. pages and pages about sonar net, sub-sonar nets, whereas right. Smiley's People, this is all kind of just the, um, well, it, yeah. it's kind of like in 2001 where they show you, you know, like, you know, space isn't like really super glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of daily boring shit to do. And mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say, uh, you know, a Jack Ryan movie, you tend to have a lot more action and uh, not necessarily realistic action. Right. Uh, uh, Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy, it was... And it was very 70s, the way they did it. Yes. And yes. Uh, it, it probably was a lot more like the real spy agency's work. Mm-hmm. And so I would give it a thumbs up, recommended. Oh, you know, it's <clears throat> funny that you should mention that because I actually, um, kind of in a related note, was uh, watching this movie. Well, actually, I think it was, a, again, like a TV miniseries or something. It had three episodes and it was called Archangel. Oh, and it, I remember that. Yeah, it was <clears throat> it was a Robert Harris book. And, and Robert Harris is like one of my... Um, you know, like everyone's got uh, an author they're they're not like super proud of, mm-hmm. but they they kind of like read addictively. You know, kind of like you know Clive Cussler. Or, I was just thinking about how I introduced you know. my daughter to Harry Harrison and the Adventures <laughs> of the Stainless Steel Rat because you know, <laughs> good one. It's, maybe it falls under that guilty pleasure. <laughs> That's a great series, <laughs> Strontium Dog. All those, yeah, yeah. But um. So so what it was about was and it had James Blonde, Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. And he James played Blonde. um he played like a um uh, an American history professor and he was like a Stalin expert and they were going to release all this stuff about Stalin. Right. He was in Russia and everything. And uh the whole thing is is that Stalin before he died had this son and he's like, you know, kind of nuts too and everything and they're trying to kind of bring, you know, the hard Liners are trying to bring him back and so forth. So it was, it was kind of interesting because it touched on that whole weird yeah. undercurrent that you know a lot of people look at that as the golden age. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's I, I think I managed to watch part of that, but couldn't yeah. find the last one or something. Yeah, and it was just like, wh- where to go? I thought this was a movie, and then yeah. it was just gone. 
Oh, and then speaking of Moscow, I I did watch that movie uh, Darkest Hour. Uh-huh. You know, that's the latest in the uh. series of movies where there are aliens. Uh, we don't know why they're here, but just fucking deal with it. it they're CGI special effects yeah. class. Yeah, it was it was okay. That looked like it was terrible. The, actually, I would recommend the movie just because it had these great shots of mm. Moscow. And, mm. I mean, it looked really cool. Mm. So, so it's like <laughs> I was looking more at Moscow than I was for the movie. But eh, okay, you know, some listener was slagging me in the mailbag for always having something good to say and always liking everything. You know, in movies. Oh no! Whenever I talk about oh, movies, no. <laughs> and, and I was kind you of become that guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good part. Uh, I think the Avengers will be a great movie. Uh, Here's but, Victor but, as Leonard Malton. Gene <laughs> <laughs> Chalet. <laughs> oh, two shows. Way on. <laughs> Did you like the Lorax? Because I like the Lorax. <laughs> I see that's environmental good feeling all around. It made my environment feel gooder. <laughs> but it's, you know, what's funny about that is that I'm not going to go to the theater to see something I know is a piece of shit. That right. I know that I don't want to see. Right. I'm only going to go see something I'm kind of excited about. Why would I go to a theater or like go see something right as soon as I can or rent it on DVD right away if right. I think it's going to suck, you know? That's true. So yeah. I tend to be like, oh, I like that about it, but that mm. sucked. Like, I took the Viking Princess to Hunger Games. and Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. And mm. So how was it? Well, I thought it was a pretty good film, except for the fact that it was filmed like it was one of those... Um, we were just talking about those spy movies where it was shaky cam all oh, over the place. The, oh, no really? tripod. Yeah, it was just like wow. yeah, it was just like yeah. one of those um the born movie. movies where yeah. you're oh. chasing Matt Damon around. And I thought that was my thought. I wanted to get the guy a tripod for Christmas that yeah. did the born movies. You know, what <laughs> I mean, it's like, got this I big sci-fi shit. expanse. It doesn't have to be tight and shaky. You could get some jungle. You can get some of the woods. You can try to get some wide uh-huh. shots. But they went with this tight, shaky, stupid reality show kind of feel to it, which I thought kind of ruined it but otherwise i thought it was well acted and you know it was a it was an okay movie but not terrible but anyway (laughs) no 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 that's fine i understand i mean a lot of times i will watch something for for a pure cheese factor Uh uh-huh you know so yeah i'll I'll go to a movie theater and see something that's kind of goofy just you know just especially in the summertime i will i will definitely find myself going and just seeing something no no and i'm not i'll watch human centipede but not because i think i'll like it (laughs) You would send an iPad. Oh my god, that was terrible. Oh my god, oh, that's that, yeah, bad. that's that's right up there with like gum. Second and... sequence, no. Yeah, I'm not going there. I don't have to. Oh, and some movies just make infuriate me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I do talk about movies that infuriate me in the podcast if I find one. Uh, like Funny Games. Funny Games, I hated. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hated that movie. But there's other movies that are really nihilistic that I truly enjoyed. Like. Um, irreversible you know some of these movies even though the violence is really crazy and out there right. the film itself i thought had some point that i felt worthwhile whereas funny games hated it yeah so anyway no i mean that's true mm-hmm. there's a lot of times well i mean just like john carter there's times when you you, mm-hmm. you see something and you're just not in the right mood for it i right. mean you, it's, movies are very yeah. mood dependent you, yeah i can oh, yeah. see something that's like i'll look at you know, in five or six years and go, oh, my God, that was really crap. Right. But then not to jump the gun, but there are some Dr. Seuss films out there that are the worst pieces of crap. <laughs> that wow. I can't believe were made for millions of dollars and just crapped all over someone's. Well, I think I think the problem with, Do- you know, bringing Dr. Seuss uh, to to a movie is kind of like uh, all the SNL movies. You're essentially taking a five minute skit and right. trying to make it 90 minutes long. 
I think there was something to be said for his drawings, mm-hmm. just looking at them, that there's not – well, I'll, I'll tell you the one that I, I'll never forgive is um, Michael Myers as the right, cat in the, cat hat. In the hat. I mean that one. Or – uh, Jim Carrey yeah. is the Grinch. Those two is just like make maybe, my ass. Maybe we pucker. should go back to the beginning and work our way up to those because yeah, you yeah. know, let's do that. Let's <laughs> let's begin on Theodore Geisel. And... This is like a creative creative novel with time shifting. Yeah, here we <laughs> go. We're doing and now. It... Now we're going to dive into episode one twenty one, Doctor Seuss. <laughs> Doctor Seuss. <laughs> so of course we're talking about Theodore Seuss Geisel. Right, and that's the most interesting thing is that it's not Seuss; it was always Seuss because he's he's German, right? Well, not yeah. always. Well, apparently, yeah. The the public decided that they'd pronounce it Seuss, so he went with it. He said, "Fine, fine, <laughs> yeah. I'm Doctor Seuss." It's a little bit more whimsical, but actually, though. since he was writing children's books, Seuss kind of rhymed with goose, so it, he that's, thought it was a good yeah, you know, that's mother true goose. Too. Yeah, I, I like the I like when he worked at Dartmouth. He worked at the Jack O' Lantern at Dartmouth and. The thing that I pulled up because it was written about him was the Alexander Liang thing. Yes. Um, you're wrong as the deuce, and you shouldn't rejoice if you're calling him Seuss. He pronounces it Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I love that. I mean, Dr. Seuss just has sort of a, a, a better ring to it. Mother really. Goose, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. 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 But yeah, originally he was writing under his own name, uh, Ted Geisel. I mean, Dr. Seuss has it has kind of a Jerry Lewis kind of feel to it. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss, lady. And yeah, we did an episode about Jerry Lewis. We did. Yeah. Look it up <laughs> and wear some clean socks. That's yeah. right. Many clean socks. <laughs> and if you have a copy of The Day the Clown Cried, yeah, we'd like you to know, see it. Oh, we would. You can mail it to Tank Riot. <laughs> that is it. Yep. We would just, yeah, that would be the end all. So, Theodore Seuss Geisel was born in 1904. Uh, so he's a turn-of-the-century man. He was born in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. in Springfield. Springfield, Massachusetts, and that's where The Simpsons was from. And frankly, I think that would have been <laughs> no. three years after the start of Indian motorcycles. Springfield, you know, Illinois. It finally came out because Springfield's like the most famous city name right. you know, around the United States that yeah. Matt Grenig, you know, chose Springfield for The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. He finally admitted in an interview that it was written after Springfield, Oregon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he finally admitted it because wow. he was living there as a child. Well, he he knew that I think Leave it to Beaver or something was set in there Springfield and he always thought of it oh, as yeah. the town next door and when he lived in Oregon no, there was, was a Springfield it was it was Mayfield one of that one of those yeah. early leave it to beavers or yeah. something was in Springfield and so he had a Springfield mm-hmm. near him and he always thought of it as you know where leave it to beaver or fathers knows best or wherever that was from he always associated Springfield Oregon with that <laughs> so when he made the simpsons he thought oh yeah let's call it springfield but not tell anyone sure. and he finally yeah. just said yeah yeah it was based on Oregon yeah cuz well, every so. state has one basically <laughs> every state has one well and they'll uh-huh. come up in the episodes where they'll kind of you know joke about where where they're going to the tri-state area or whatever and, yeah, well, yeah. Was like when Ridley Scott said uh-huh, you know he, when he was in that radio interview about uh, Blade Runner, and you know he was the announcer was trying to be all cagey and like make him reveal something, he said, "Oh no, the the detective's a replicant." <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, you've just ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he published 46 children's books. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Wow. Right, but he didn't really get into the children's books until later, really. I mean, he was an advertising guy. An advertising guy, and I also yeah. think he, he used pen names of uh, Dr. Seuss, Theo Lesieg, and and he did one as Rosetta Stone. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and, and uh, Lucille, that, that's his uh, real na- last name spelled backwards. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Lusig, yeah, Lusig, it's, Lusig. it's Giesel, yeah, yeah. Or, or Geisel, yes. However, yeah. who knows how they pronounce it? That's right. I think it's, I think it, oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter because it's not a real name, so. He had a frequent use of trisyllabic meter, which the more I tried to get my head around that, the less I could. I was yeah. never yeah. really good at that. I was never really good at either. I believe uh-huh. I'm going to use iambic pentameter. If you could get into the flow of reading something, you know, then you could keep it going, you know, while you're reading it out loud. But there are some of his stories where, you know, when you have kids and you're trying to get them to bed and they want the story before bed and they pick the Dr. Seuss. Yeah. To get them to bed quicker, you tend to read fast. And there's some stories where, I mean, you can really. If I ran the zoo, I'll tell you what I would do. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. You just rattle it off. And it's sometimes you can do it. And other times it's just you crash. You know, please, darling, go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, his work has been translated into 11 television specials, four feature films a Broadway musical, and four television series. And he's in God, what is it, like 16, 17 different languages? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the yeah. probably yeah, he's best known. Well-known. I'm wondering how it really translates, since it's, you know, the the books are so wordsmithy and rhymey. I would love to hear it in Chinese, because, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like when you see an English <laughs> movie title, uh-huh. like they had like Babe Pig in the City, and, and it translated into... Look at that pig go, or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who knows how it translates, really? I thought the funniest story about him was he went to the. He was a Dartmouth, and he graduated in the mid nineteen twenties. And right, he he was always a big drinker. This is something I also love about him is that he would he was a big vodka man. But yes, yes. When, when he was in college, he got caught drinking, and he and a bunch of buddies, and he got expelled from extracurricular activities. And he was supposed to be doing the the editor of and writing for the the Dartmouth uh, Jack O' Lantern, right? So he then decided to just keep writing for it, but instead of using his real name, he made up the name Doctor Seuss, and that's where that first showed up was in the college <laughs> college paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. He's so you know he was an illustrator and. He was in, uh, as you were saying, Victoria, advertising in, in advertising. Yeah, at Quick Henry the Flit. The, <laughs> the Flit. Flit. <laughs> well, that's that's the biggest ad campaign that he's known yeah. for, and that's the um, bug repellent. So right. he was drawing these crazy Susian bugs attacking people, and they were supposed to get the repellent to shoot the bugs and right. kill uh-huh. them. Give I me think, the Flit. I think that company turned into Esso, which is Exxon nowadays. Exxon, what is? what the company used to be that he worked for. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of weird. I, I read... Well, he also worked on a bunch of Esso Marine products, mm-hmm. uh, right. you know, bolt motor lubricants and that kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. I think Esso did become Exxon. Yeah, yeah it did. I remember... I like the word Esso better almost. I do yeah. too. Exxon. But, I always yeah. remember like uh, uh, Keith Moon always wearing like Esso t-shirts oh, yeah. and everything, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I Man, think... we're starting to make Who references in every podcast nowadays. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kind of I don't true. know how that's happening. We might have to listen to some Who. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little going mobile. You well, know. of course, we'll, we'll, we may cover Whoville later yes. as well. So Whoville. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> little Cindy Hulu. Who was Hope it? no one, she stabbed her hand through the guitar. Whammy birthday hand. Look at that. <laughs> After Dartmouth, he went to uh, Lincoln College, and he earned a Doctor of Philosophy in English Literature. Well, did he get the doctorate, or did he leave before... He Graduate. left before, I think. Yeah. yeah. He went to Oxford, and I think the big deal there was he met Helen, his wife. His wife, Helen Palmer, his yeah. first wife. We should mention that he was he was married twice. But I really right. think, and I think there's a really big difference in the influence of Helen and the influence later in his life of Audrey. I agree. And so I, I think they're both mm-hmm. good influences, actually, but I think Helen is probably the most important because Helen yeah. was the one who was in class with him and saw that during class he was just doodling and he was a really good doodler in his notebook oh, yeah. and was just like, you have to do something with that. Oh, would it be cool to get his old school notebooks or something? Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He's just like <laughs> stuff he's just throwing out uh-huh. there. Yeah. A Dr. Seuss version of his professor or something. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, and she really convinced him to follow his dreams and do what he wanted to do and get involved in that. That's right. Theodore supported himself and his wife, you know, through the Depression, which was, of course, not an easy thing. I mean, you know, Walt Disney did it by drawing tar penises. But <laughs> on barns. On yeah. barns, but... And and I think we should note, uh, I don't know if they ever even met each other, but he's essentially kind of a contemporary of Walt Disney. They're, yeah. They're around the same time. And exactly the same and time. And they're both, you know, drawing uh, cartoons, animation, or, That's or right. uh, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting time period if you think the different people right. that are... Uh, but where's you know, that sort of thing. Dr. Yeah. Seuss is, you know, beloved and has all <laughs> yeah. this, you know, uh work in uh, child literacy and so forth and, and Disney's just become this evil <laughs> android killbot. <laughs> <laughs> Mechanized presidents. Oh, God. I just yeah, oh, God, I remember when I saw that as a kid and I just wanted to scream. I was like, Oh God, <laughs> That's no. <laughs> I kept waiting for like his head to explode from the assassin's bullet, you know. But, but I, I had a somewhat vivid imagination. When I, was <laughs> At I least that's love, what the doctor said. I do love that his dad was a, ran a brewery. I that love was that there was a yeah. Doctor Seuss family brewery. I do too. Want to want to have some of that? Did, some of that Seussian beer. Did, did uh, do we have the name of that brewery? Or I couldn't find it. Um, um, okay, it, he went out of business during Prohibition. So yeah. Yeah, I one yeah, of the casualties I, I couldn't... of prohibition. Right? Can you imagine? Jeez. Yeah, prohibition. That would not have been a period of time for Pink, right? To have been around. <laughs> well, it would have been in a basement. Uh, it would have been in a basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a speakeasy. <laughs> is, is the password? The password? Third pitch? <laughs> uh-huh. That's a no good <laughs> Pinky. No, I changed it. I get yeah. tired of I've got my soda here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We are drinking some sodas. Mmm. That's some good soda. Yeah. Uh, so when he he took uh, in in 1937, uh, Theodore took a ocean voyage to Europe. Yeah, he could travel. They traveled all over the world. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, I for mean, like you're saying during the depression. Yeah, <laughs> here he is making a lot of money off of these you know quick Henry the Flit campaigns. Oh God! Speaking of ocean yeah. crossings, did you did you hear about that really creepy cruise? You know that you know people left from Southampton. No. Yeah, yeah. 
same day and everything, you know, to celebrate the to celebrate the really? 100th anniversary of the launching of Titanic. They oh, took my. off on a cruise. And there was all these people dressed in, you know, period costumes. It's like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Drowned, too. What is so, the- <laughs> Civil War reenactors are weird enough, but. That's creepy. Yeah. I yeah, mean, but yeah. yeah, that's weird. It's like, hey, it's Auschwitz Day, kids. Yeah, let's yeah. all go pretend. <laughs> no, that's not what you. I mean, no, it's like, what is that about? Uh, we we did. I did just show my daughter the Titanic movie. Um, the Leonardo the, DiCaprio. The Leonardo, did you get yeah. it in uh, 3D? No, on VHS actually. Oh, okay. I had a VHS. It was two VHSs. Like when you got done with the one, you had to eject it and put the other one in. Oh wow, it was too long to so fit on long. one. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, it's like a, having a laser disc player around the house. I, <laughs> I'm going to keep it around for fun. But uh-huh. it, it, it's not a bad movie. No, um, it's not. And it is. And I gotta yeah. if we if we tangent on uh, James Cameron for a second, I mean. I think it's really a big accomplishment that that went guy to the went Deep. to the Challenger Deep and <sighs> and paid for it, you know, and helped fund it and helped make sure that it happened. How cool is that? It's really cool. I mean, he's obsessed with deep ocean exploration. He was mm-hmm. obsessed yeah. with the Titanic, which made him do, all right, crazy love story, whatever. But there's a lot of accuracy to the way the ship sank and the the whole the way, yeah. the way it well, broke up. It's and, not his fault because I don't think he was actually marketing it for tweens or right. – you know, teenage girls or whatever, which, you know, were the repeaters mm-hmm. that kept yeah. going to the film. I mean, that was kind of like the early Twilight. Right. So, so t- Titanic, yeah. in a certain way, is kind of like Star Wars was in the 70s. Like, Jesus, we could uh, tie in marketing mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Yeah, toys. And, mm-hmm. uh, the problem is they made uh, DiCaprio, who was such a heartthrob, you know. That's true. But I found myself. But I mean, he is a good actor. I mean, you got to admit. Yeah. Oh yeah! And he oh yeah! He did it. a great job, <laughs> but, but that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, it may have been a distraction from the whole story. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right, but, and, and I'm, yeah. I hope that doesn't happen to the uh, the young woman who's in the Hunger Games because if if you haven't seen the movie Winter's Bone, mm-hmm. she is magnificent in that. Right. It's a yeah. fascinating well, I mean, movie. You think of you know what's eating Gilbert Grape. I mean, oh, DiCaprio is a great actor. Great movie. But I would oh, say yeah. you know I found myself explaining the class culture and you know why weren't there so many boats? Well, because they didn't. They yeah. didn't think about that kind we of thing. We don't need back any then. for the filthy yeah. Irish. We're not going to sink. And yeah. then, how come those kids are dying? Well, they're steerage. And, yeah, you know they're yeah. not going to oh, get yeah. on the ship. And it was just it was horrible to have to explain all that. And then thinking about it, and you know the fifteen hundred or so people that died, you know, and that right. actually went down with the ship. And uh, it's just, yeah, that's a really sad thing for these people to be worshiping. You know, the Titanic was nothing but a disaster. huge floating class yeah. structure. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. being a kid singing the you know, the great ship went down to the bottom. You know, yeah. as a campfire song. Sure. Thinking back on that, going that's morbid and yeah, sad. You know, yeah, people did really die. We shouldn't be. I hope they're not singing about the twin towers like that. You know, I know yeah. it's just such an odd now. thing to do. It's I, very, uh-huh. I, I mean, I just saw yeah. that and I kept thinking, really. Mm-hmm. But the Challenger uh, Deep solo expedition all by himself. Absolutely. There's not much down there. You know, he had a, he's got it all in 3D and is going to release the film mm-hmm. footage. You know, to theaters. Oh, and you know, he's I've, excited about that. I'm sure. I'm. I'm sorry. I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'm. I'm glad that you know America's penis, Florida has uh, finally come to its senses and leveled charges at George Zimmerman. I mean, it's like, yeah. oh, my God, really? It had to take all these riots and yeah. – or not riots, but I mean, all these protests and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. like, just do your damn job. Mm-hmm. Now let's see if they can handle manage a fair trial. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to, but, right. yeah. you know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I probably – that's that's probably one that uh, – no, I mean, is, you've been hearing too much about, but yeah. I, I don't think so. I, I just, it, it's one of those things where, so 
I mean, I guess honestly, I've been unaware of these laws that are just like, well, yeah. I'm going to protect my castle. I'm going to stand my ground. Yeah, if I'm a feared, I'm a feared. <laughs> I can I can chase you down and kill you. Oh no, shit! No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's the law. How did this shit creep in? I well, couldn't... I was listening to a radio show the other day, and a caller called in and said, uh, you know, actually, it, it's more like Trayvon Martin that should have had the right to stand his ground. Yeah, because it was Zimmerman that came into, you know, Trayvon's area. Yeah, but if Trayvon were carrying a gun and shot George Zimmerman, he'd be in jail already. Well, yeah, because you know? he's the oh, yeah, he's the wrong color. Yeah, right. For, but what's interesting yeah. though is is that horrible. You know, so everyone was going, "Well, you know, he he attacked him and everything, and he wouldn't have attacked him if if he knew he had a gun." And it's like uh, one of the professors uh, right here in Tropical Madison, Wisconsin, Leonard Berkowitz. Uh, did a study many years ago uh, about the weapons effect that brandishing weapons or somebody just having like weapons in a holster actually increases aggression Mm -hmm. and aggressive responses, not the opposite. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you know, you you see someone with, you know, all strapped up and everything, you get kind of pissed off. I mean, it's like, well, what the hell is this about? You know? Well, yeah, exactly. If if I think someone's going to use a gun on me, my only choice is to try to take him out first absolutely you know yeah I mean, so if, if george zimmerman had a mark on him which i doubt um it was probably because you know he probably thought okay this is my last few seconds to live i'm gonna just try anything and uh you know get out of this but the fact that it took all this and then oh this is what just makes me sick is the new black panther party the fact that they even have a name that's similar to the the Black Panther Party just makes me sick inside. Mm-hmm. Those guys were classic ground grass ground level grassroots Marxists. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you look at free lunch program, hot lunch programs, and everything, thank the Black Panthers. They were mm-hmm. people like the socialist mayors in Milwaukee who just said, "Okay, let's take these principles, let's try to make them yeah. operational, make them work." And instead, you've got the new Black Panther Party, which is kind of like Black Klan, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're just these Garvious separatists that, you know, just wanted a little bit of ink. And so everyone was just kind of throwing in on, you know, a really horrible tragedy. And, right. and yeah. it's just, but yeah, anyways, I'm sorry. We, sh- we shouldn't be talking about gun violence in the middle of Dr. <laughs> Seuss. I mean, that's really unrelated. Well, but, it all happened because you know. he went on a boat. <laughs> One time, I know. A yeah. long time ago, that was the connecting <laughs> factor. Is that goddamn boat? If it weren't for that one boat trip, do, do we have any uh, research people on attention deficit order? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You might want to study our shows. <laughs> yeah. I needed a authority, and I'll be okay. <laughs> but but this is this is where he wrote the I, to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, right? And that was his first big foray into right. the written children's literature and he also before world war ii also wrote uh horton hatches the egg mm-hmm. which you know became the whole horton yeah you know there there's the really the i remember the two horton hatches the egg and horton here's a who mm-hmm. and i love both of those yeah i, I think they're too. both really really great works and with really great messages especially you know horton hatches the egg was really I I just those those books to me I'll I'll always have a very warm spot for mm-hmm. because they they just he has a way of entertaining but just having this really great message mm-hmm. and uh well there's no kidding that this guy is a big leftist. I mean, oh, he, yeah. all of his yeah. anti-war imagery and all of his well sometimes he's pro-war that we'll get to in the 40s or whatever, but Actually, it's generally pro-intervention and he's 
Yeah. 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 So, so, um, Theodore, let's just, let's just call him Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Dr. Seuss. I mean, it feels weird calling him Theodore, you know, but <laughs> so, um, Dr. Seuss in. Again, the Leave it to Beaver ref- reference, isn't it? Theodore. Theodore Cleaver. Mm-hmm. The Beave. The Beave. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was because, um, Wally couldn't pronounce Theodore, so he, he, it sounded like Beaver, so he became the Beaver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I, I like his save space in I, my brain to remember shit like I that. I loved Lumpy and the Bee. Oh, God. <laughs> and Wally, and what was his slick buddy's name? Oh, uh, the liar. Oh, 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 oh Jesus. Oh, Eddie Haskell. Cleaver? Eddie Haskell. Eddie Haskell, yeah. yes. It's like, Wally, if we have to take your stupid brother to the movies... <laughs> Oh, hi, Mrs. Cleaver. I was just saying that I would love it if Theodore would accompany Wallace and I to the theater. That'd be great, Eddie. That's a lovely dress you're wearing, Mrs. Cleaver. Yeah. He was such a creep. Or aren't you being a little hard on the beaver? <laughs> oh, Let's do neat junk and stuff in the garage, Dad. And you, Beaumont. I mean, come on. Yeah. Do, you, do, you remember that, do you remember that TV movie? Oh, man. Where it was like Life After Beaver or something like that. Yeah. And they were all grown up Return to Beaver or whatever. Return yeah, to yeah, Beaver. Yeah. I, I remember that. And, and so it starts off with the grown-up beaver, and he just got divorced. <laughs> yeah. And he's going uh-huh. back to Mayfield, because that's like the only reason I that's why remembered it was Mayfield. Remembered Mayfield. <laughs> and they're playing Take the Long Way Home by Super Tramp. He's uh-huh. wearing that stupid jacket and that hat, and he's like, you know, 200 pounds. And um, and then, you know, they're doing flashbacks and everything, and then they show Hugh Beaumont's uh, gravestone. Oh, God. Aww. I was just like, I want to blow my brains out because I, I went to school for a while in Stevens Point in one of the big, you know, they have that huge trivia contest. And one of the yeah. oldest teams is the Hugh Beaumont team because the mm-hmm. second to last question is, who played on the long running TV series? <laughs> and, and they actually interviewed him. They had him out and said, did you know that, you know, you're like really famous? He goes, well, that's just great. I mean, he sounded just like, you know, you could picture him with a goddamn yeah, pipe, pipe and everything. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. man. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Anyways, returning to Dr. Seuss and the Second World War. You know, what's interesting about this, and I'll just say that he got involved with a lot of the propaganda, the anti-Nazi propaganda. He did. And I'll jump ahead and then we can jump right back. But I have to point out that the work he did with Mel Blanc on Private Snafu. Yeah. Private Snafu audio is, it appears in the beginning of Tank Riot episodes. Right. And has for the last... 121 episodes basically <laughs> right. um the so yeah. you hear mel blank from private snafu which i think is awesome and he was really involved in oh, that so cool. it's kind of cool we're right. finally talking about dr seuss that's right and and we should also mention to our listeners too that if you've heard these phrases before like something's foobar or it's snafu those are acronyms made up by world war ii american yeah. soldiers snafu a- actually stands for situation normal all fucked up mm-hmm. foobar is fucked up beyond all repair mm-hmm. and i highly recommend r-o-f-l <laughs> lol i highly <laughs> recommend that you work those phrases in yeah. to uh uh meetings when you're meeting with management yeah that's <laughs> right well that's totally foobar yeah where we had a bit of a set snafu <laughs> yeah just a teensy snaffer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, or you could say something like, um, 
or, or well, we couldn't get our job done because accounting apparently was having a snafu. So, right. you, so you're sort of ripping on accounting, the accounting department, and yeah, accounting and snafu are two terms that are almost used synonymously. Have you noticed accounting that? Yeah, and snafu. Yeah. There's, a, there's a snafu in accounting. Yeah, yeah. it'll be yeah. weeks before you're paid. We'll need you to come uh-huh. in on Saturday. <laughs> there's been a snafu in accounting. Okay. Okay. There was a glitch, so we fixed the glitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay god so so he, he did a lot of political cartoons originally yes. and he did some for yeah. like pm and other newspapers he did a lot of political cartoons i think where he went the, the bridge too far is when right. he was attacking all japanese of being like well, the fifth column or whatever dr seuss i mean and this is true too i mean let's be honest about the only person i think you can truthfully say walk the walk and talk the talk and was exactly the way he presented himself was Fred Rogers. Mm-hmm. Everyone else yeah. has got little things that, you know, maybe they probably kind of regret. And But, you know, when you live out yeah. loud and you live your life and you follow principles and you right. do things, mm-hmm. you're going to step in a poo pile every now and then. That's right. <laughs> you're yeah. gonna, Absolutely. You're going to do things every now and then. Well, I think Dr. Seuss was really, uh, you know, he had to have been a huge fan of uh, FDR. Oh, yeah, I would he think was. during, during he World was. War II. Yeah. And, and, uh, Huge defender of Roosevelt. Yeah, so I think where Roosevelt may have gone astray, so did Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I think you can also say, like, when when I was uh, looking at a lot of, you know, reading a lot of this material, it, it struck me uh, kind of like things that I've heard about Robert Heinlein, the science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, you know, contemporaries. They were brought up in a certain period of time. And, and I don't say that this necessarily excuses uh, you know, certain kind of attitudes and so forth. But I, I think it's fair to say that Dr. Seuss was kind of swept up in the war hysteria that was oh, yeah. you know, immediately following Pearl Harbor. And he supported the internment and so forth. And, and it, he, of the Japanese. Of the right. Japanese. American-born so, Japanese. American-born yeah. Japanese. And, and you yeah. know, used, freely used terms like Jap and Nip and things like that. But, of course, to be yeah. fair, after the war, he had many Japanese friends and realized that was not the yeah. right attitude to have. Right. Yeah, and he wrote stories to reflect uh, his changing view on the subject. Yeah, right. so he well, I mean, the the point I was trying to make about Heinlein is is that Heinlein himself was a very conservative person, very you know pro American, pro defense, pro mm-hmm. everything. So like when he wrote Starship Troopers, which was more or less like a you know fascist love story. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Everyone goes, oh well, you know that's that's who Robert Heinlein really is. Well, then you know immediately on the heels of that, he writes Strangers in Stranger Strange, Strange Land, yeah, you know, which almost becomes like the hippie playbook. It is a fantastic novel, and it mm. is. Yeah, and we talked about it in our best novels podcast. Right. Exactly. You should listen to that. And then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah, was I there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's just like you know some. People don't always reflect the things that they write. Sometimes they have attitudes mm-hmm. that. So I mean, let's let's talk about the ones that he did right. have, which is yes, he was very pro FDR. He was uh, very critical of the isolationists, like yeah. Charles Lindbergh. Yeah. Although to call Charles Lindbergh <laughs> oh, an isolationist, my. I think yeah. is more like no, he was a different kind of interventionist. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was pro Nazi. He was pro Nazi. Yeah, he wasn't an appeaser. <laughs> yeah, he was a pro Nazi. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes yeah. back to Henry Ford. You know, just ask any of his six German families after the war. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that I, I mean, Lindbergh, he. Uh... He he turned his views, or at least he made it seem like he turned his views and helped the war effort once we were sort of all in. 
Um, yeah. But but he still had that medal personally given to him by Herman Goering. Oh, yeah. That doesn't really yeah. help your Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. your street yeah. cred kind of goes way down. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So it... Yeah. And one of the things that he was very vehement about was mm. uh racism at home. And uh unless you're Japanese. Unless you're Japanese. <laughs> yes. So to be so let's let's say he was very vehement in opposing uh prejudice yeah, against Jews news. and blacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not the Japanese at that time. Mm-hmm. He got so, over that. Yeah. But he was also uh, really against uh people um being anti-communist because they were on our side during the war. Yeah, yeah. he's like, let's help them out. You know, let's That's w- right. win this war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think to be fair, too, is that, that you know, in the 30s to the 40s, before HUAC really started kicking in. Right. CR, Joseph McCarthy he, and he podcast. Was, you should listen to that Joseph McCarthy <laughs> episode. But, but oh, yeah, oh, he was big against that as well. I got to say this, Victor. Did you, did you hear recently? Uh, oh, God, there was a senator or a House representative that recently was just talking about <laughs> Like seventy-five known communists in right. the assembly, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, oh really? seriously? I read a little bit of that, and then wow. and then I decided I couldn't read any further because I couldn't decipher <laughs> if it was a joke or not, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to go into a right-wing blog world and figure it yeah. out. And I was just like, if you're real, if you're <laughs> if you're joking, fine. If you're not, I don't even want to read. I mean, anymore. is that really a hot button issue anymore? <laughs> it's, it's almost like I hope to God there are some. In yeah, there, seriously, you know? somewhere, but. Maybe we could work together a little better if some were communist. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's an economic system. It's not like it's a you know a devilish well, you know, cult or something. Yeah. Except in North Korea. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's just a cult of personality. I yeah, mean, I said, that, we talked about that, and that's an evil cult that calls itself communist. Mm-hmm. Basically, right. yeah. one of our one of our listeners actually did write in about uh, this North Korean travel log, mm-hmm. which I watched. And I started watching it at work and, like, pulled in almost the entire IT staff. <laughs> and it's fantastic about, you know, how they try to get into North Korea. I didn't realize. Oh, like, the Vice Guide. Yes, the right? Vice yeah, Guide. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Mm-hmm. I, I uh-huh. can't believe they actually, I, I guess I totally forgot about this. I mean, not the incident, the Pueblo incident, mm-hmm. but I guess I never knew what actually happened to the ship. They kept the ship and they just do these little tour guides. It's like, oh, my God, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that that did uh, was turned into a really great uh, Star Trek uh, TOS episode, the Enterprise incident. You know where they oh, get yeah. the cloaking device. Mm-hmm. Kirk gets the pointed ears, goes on as a Romulan. <laughs> Spock uh, loves up the Romulan commander. Wow! Don't tell me you guys don't fucking remember this I, one. Oh, I know I've seen it. But come the, on, it's the, got the great scene where Scotty's trying to hook the the cloaking shield into the defense screen. He's like, I don't even know what this alien watch him call it'll do to the defense shield. <laughs> Throw the switch, Donnie. <laughs> I guess it's been a while for that one. I'll have yeah. to I'll have to strap on oh, the uh and the, the Romulan, TOS again. The Romulan cloaking device was made up from pieces of shit in other episodes. Like part of it was like nomad and, that robot yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, you guys don't throw anything away. Yeah, we need to duct tape a tea kettle to this <laughs> to make a robot. Yeah. Ooh, that's a medical scanner. <laughs> Did you guys see the uh, latest hey, episode? Hey, took the salt. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They were all salt and pepper mm. shakers. Did you see the latest episode of Big Bang Theory? Where with Stephen talks, Hawking? You know, well, yes. there, were two, there were two of them. The one with Spock, the little Spock Oh, figurine. my God. Yes. That, yes. One, that one killed me. Talking <laughs> to Leonard Nimoy. The and it was time. actually Leonard Nimoy doing yes, it. Good voice, for him. Yeah. Both of those were great. And, but, <laughs> and the, the, the Gorn attack at the, the end. The Gorn attack. Yeah. 
That was. I loved how the Spock figure was like in a different pose. Yeah, every time. Uh, every time he was yes. talking to him, I was just about that being was myself. Oh, and the one with Stephen Hawking. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. that was mm-hmm. so good. I made a boo boo. Another fader is yeah. actually quite a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Sputnik, you and Wallowitz do the best uh, Hawking impress impersonations. I think. I think it was Wallowitz on the show that did the. Yeah, Wallowitz. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to do your Stephen Hawking. I know. Then, at work when we heard that uh, Stephen Hawking was taking a ride on the vomit comet to experience zero gravity. I mean, God, we were on that for weeks. Like, I'm flying. I'm flying. <laughs> I, I vomited on my keyboard. I have nothing but respect for the doctor. Yeah, Don't we, get me wrong. But... We we jest in respect. I yes, mean, we, we really appreciate We're mockers. Work. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> As a callback to our Titanic thing. Okay, go. Neil deGrasse Tyson went off about the Titanic. Oh, no. Because the stars in the sky were wrong for the time period. Oh. Oh, I'm like, nerd alert, nerd alert, nerd alert. So he had a conversation with James Cameron about how great film, except did you notice that the stars would not have been those stars in the sky? You know, he figured it out when he watched the film. And and, did they correct it for the 3D version? I heard that they did. Awesome. Which I think is awesome. I mean, that just kills it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fix that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Not any of this Greedo shot first yeah, bullshit. No yeah. <laughs> God, I saw this father and son thing with a, it was like a children's book with um, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader going around as father and son. Oh, no. And there was some Han Solo and Greedo shoots first references to it. it really funny. I'll show you guys the link. It's it's like this great children's book, Star Wars. Hey, but now when uh, all you uh, Tank Rat listeners go out to see Titanic 3D, yeah. when they get to a scene with a lot of stars in the sky, you need to blurt out so everybody in the theater can hear you. Hey, those stars are different than the, than in the original. <laughs> Use that little bit of tank riot yeah. knowledge yeah. as a yeah. lever. Even uh-huh. the stars right. <laughs> yeah, I finally got that. the stars right. Look at that constellation. I, I don't. You got that right. I don't. April fifteenth, nineteen twelve. I don't believe that that lake that Leo DiCaprio mentions around Chippewa Falls actually existed at that time, <laughs> which it didn't actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's Man-made. another one. Well, he he was a liar and a thief. Well, there you go. Boy, the bad guy. I've never wanted to see someone drown so could you, bad. Could you draw me like your French girl? <laughs> Is that Why, rich guy? Yes, I can. I wanted oh, that fiance oh, to go Billy, under. Billy Zane. Billy Zane played it so well. He, did. Oh. he was such a douche. And so did the steely mom. Oh, when I saw the tank riot. Uh, not the tank right the titanic <laughs> they, both, they both Same start with the thing. t you know if i heard that I, I, hey, i've heard of that show is it any fucking good I there's don't... something wrong with this soda it's anyway <laughs> when i saw tank uh, when i saw titanic the uh, uh i think there were some 12 year olds in the front row that uh it was their first movie with a little female exposure yeah <laughs> so there was a lot of giggling it was it's kind of like neat to be Yeah, at a place where a twelve-year-old gets to see something like that for the very first time. Hey, every time the Martian Princess was on, I was giggling. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think you ever really lose that. Yeah, maybe it was just Sputnik in the front row. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) looky. 
<laughs> oh. All right, so let's get back uh. to World War II. This wouldn't be Tank Riot if we didn't talk about Nazis. Oh, yes. and, and the last thing that Dr. Seuss really did, it was a lot of attacks on Congress for not supporting FDR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> Well, so he was doing he was doing a lot of direct work. He joined the army. You know, he did some work for the Treasury Department, joined the army in 43, became a captain, got involved in the animation department. And that's when he ended up getting hooked up with the private snafu stuff. He probably never knew Rod Serling, though. He was in the Pacific Theater. Yeah. So (laughs) I've been I've been I've been watching like Twilight Zones endlessly. I go on this jag Twilight Zones and Outer Limits. Mm -hmm. I'm just like immersing myself in those. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to need a new time tunnel fix soon. Oh, I'm going to have to dig up some time Bring tunnel. Back time tunnel. Yeah. Doug and Tony lost forever in this ads of time. <laughs> so I'm sure you can find some of these online. I haven't gone looking recently. I know on the way back and on like archive.org, the private snafu exists. I don't know about your job in Germany or our job in Japan or some of those, but... Those are public service basic films that you can find, and it's all public domain. So, right. Um, well, our job. He did one like our job in Japan, which uh, later became, uh, it, you know, so it was a Defense Department film, mm-hmm. but later on it was commercially released, and it was called Design for Death. Right. It's just like funny when you think about it. Like Doctor Seuss did Design for Design Death. for Death. Whoa. I think that yeah. won the Academy Award too. It did. Uh-huh. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He actually won a couple. Of, of yep. Academy Awards, but which is pretty the impressive. The private snafu is usually about a private who would like, it'd be like a loose lip sink ship story about the private who'd okay. go to the bar and he'd, he'd start right. pouring whiskey in and it would mess up his brain and then he'd start <laughs> telling all the army secrets. <laughs> and, and all the women would be in just, you know, at these hooker joints or whatever right. in their brassiers and stuff and there'd be bombs underneath them. So it was kind of like adult <laughs> versions of... You wow. know, he Bugs did Bunny. Shit. Yeah, Private yeah. Snafu would always get blown up for not keeping the secrets wow. and for being a bad soldier. <laughs> they were like the Fembots. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it, they're just creepy imagery because it's really great stuff. And there'd be all the all the Japanese and the Nazis and the Mussolinis would be popping out of the ground <laughs> to try to steal the secrets yeah. from him. And, <laughs> Oh, it's, this is timeless World War II oh, cartoons. Yeah. Don't be a bonehead. Don't talk about yeah. these things. And, you know, because there's, yeah. And, you know, it turns out there really was. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, fifth column work going on. Not, you know, not, not, but, you know. Not the Japanese kid down the street. No, you know, yeah. speaking of that, I, I was, I was watching uh, this documentary recently and they had an interview with uh, uh, George Takei and he, or, or Takei, I'm sorry, George Takei. Well, and, that guy. And he uh, he grew up in mm-hmm. in those camps. Right? Oh yeah. And he said he says one of my earliest memories. And I wish I could do justice. He was that upset about he had it. Such a great yeah. voice. Um, he said that my some of my earliest memories were you know going to school in this you know kind of you know clapboard schoolroom, and the first thing we had to do was you know do the pledge of allegiance and. <laughs> I like, pledge allegiance yeah. to those dicks that yeah. locked me up in a cage. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> to the republic that hates my guts. One nation, not yeah. me. Yeah. With liberty for them. And justice, I don't know where. That's right. Amen. Uh, <laughs> wow, that would suck. So, uh, wow. um, 
after uh, after the Second World War, uh, Dr. Seuss and his wife moved to uh, La Jolla or La Jolla. <laughs> That's, I had to throw that one in because California has the same problem Wisconsin does. Mm-hmm. You know, because you you always have these like Indian names. You know, it's like, uh, can you tell me where Muscota is? No, nope, I can tell you where Muscaday is. <laughs> and uh, Shawano, not Shawano. Yeah, Shawano. <laughs> yeah, so so it's always like La Jolla is always like, uh, I, yeah, you moved to La Jolla. I remember there was some. <laughs> flooding in minnesota in montevideo mm-hmm. and that's what they call it montevideo because mm-hmm. it's minnesota they don't care and uh <laughs> the news news reporter from cnn or whatever was like there's flooding been reported in montevideo minnesota <laughs> montevideo. <laughs> it's montevideo <laughs> this is minnesota we're talking about montevideo montevideo <laughs> where the hell's that <laughs> yeah, well, Chile? <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> Oh, oh God! So, so you returned to children's books after the war, and uh, that's that's where he did. Uh, I mean, that was a period of time when he, I would say, probably like uh, the late forties and and the fifties, where he did a lot of the works that I think that he's probably the most known for. Yeah, yeah. If I ran the zoo, Horton hears a who. I guess he done McGillagot's Pool earlier than that, but yeah, I love McGillagot's mm-hmm. Pool. That was always one of my. That was probably my favorite one as a kid. Yeah, and a lot of those are names of people that he grew up with. So he was always writing about places that he'd been, and you know his childhood upbringing. Basically, you know his mom, you know, would take him to the mm-hmm. park, and he'd run around, and yeah, you know, a lot of the street name Mulberry Street is a street mm-hmm. near his house, and all that. So. Yeah, he was always writing about stuff that he knew. McGilligan's Pool was was one of my favorites. Also, the one, and this embarrasses me now because I, I I absolutely can't pull it up. But the one where the pair of pants are running around, like there's nobody in them, but they're the pair of mm-hmm. pants are running around. Mm-hmm. Most of them were just written in this style of rhyming that that he yeah. was he was really famous for. But then it was in 1957 that he took the I can read readers book challenge idea, mm-hmm. where he was given this word limit for. You know, the words that could be beginner readers books and yeah. broke it down to like, here's, you know, 300 words. And he took those words and studied incredibly hard how to write a book using only like 250 or 260 <laughs> of these specific yeah. words. Even less. Yeah. Yeah. And throw them all in order. And, and that's how he ended up writing The Cat in the Hat. Yeah. Um, right. Which, which I think it... has 256 or so yeah. uh, words in it. Yeah. I and... think it might actually be less than that. But really? Like, like 230 then... something. Mm. He wrote The Gridge in 57, and of course, Green Eggs and Ham. Right, but let's get to The Cat in Hat first. Because, sure. Because, I mean, that one was... Uh, 236 words. 236. So, that one was Different the one words. He might have really... used the same word twice. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that. Oh, I already used the. What am I going to do now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was known for his use of the word pig fucker. <laughs> He did write some adult. He wrote like one adult book because yeah. he was. It was another challenge, yeah. Uh, and that was oh, why can't I remember the name of it? It was the seven. It was about naked women, a bunch of naked women that go off really? this adventure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, have you ever seen the movie uh, The Five Thousand Fingers of Doctor T? Yes, that is so cool. Not, not really, but yeah, sure. <laughs> well. Look, all I'm saying is I totally want one of those beanies with the little hands on the top. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those are so cool. Because so this kid's having, like, you know, essentially this nightmare of his of his uh, fascist piano teacher. Right. Okay. And they'll have these beanies with, like, a little hand on there. They're doing their finger exercises. Yeah. I, I so want one of those beanies. Yeah, so then there's, like, supposedly 500 children that have to be playing piano constantly. Right. So it's the 5,000 fingers of Dr. T who's making them play this giant piano. 
and uh-huh. apparently they could wow. only afford like 150 kids. <laughs> right. So and the kids wow. hated it. Right. And there's also a story that Dr. Seuss told about the filming of it. This was this scarred him for life. This is why during his lifetime there was only one film of a Dr. Seuss story or one that he made and turned into a story. One of the kids vomited, and it started Ooh. a chain reaction. He, he <laughs> As vom- it often will. <laughs> he vomited, just like yeah, you stand that by me. Yeah, send me to therapy. He, he puked on the piano key, and then the next kid started puking all the way down the line. And Dr. Seuss basically said, <laughs> and that's what the critics did. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Garth, if you hurl, I'm going to blow chunks. <laughs> Well, he'd he'd play games with his editors too. Uh, I believe when he was writing his uh, you know alphabet book, uh, he got to oh, yeah. he got to X, and it's like uh, X is for sex and <laughs> something like this, <laughs> <laughs> and just to see whether or not the editors were paying attention. <laughs> well, I mean, I know when he he got this one award later in his life that he did say because you mentioned his his love of vodka mm-hmm. he said something like i'd like to thank all the, the the kids uh who have you know that have read my books over the years and i would like to thank mr Schmirnoff for that wonderful vodka that made this all possible <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's that's what um that's what she used to do for him she'd be she'd be like go ahead sit down with your vodka on the rocks and go sit down and spend yeah. the night Work until the wee hours of the morning on your stories. That's right. And apparently these stories like Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham was broken down. I'm sure Tor will give me the number of words that were used in Green Eggs and Ham. But that one was broken down to like 50 words. And he was trying to use even fewer words and break it down even more. Those were harder for him to write than the other ones Mm -hmm. because he had these limitations put on him that he would try to follow and still make the book, you know, crazy, chaotic and interesting for the young reader. You know, it's funny. I can't think of Green Eggs and Ham now without thinking of that great <laughs> SNL bit where they had Jesse Jackson read Green Eggs and Ham, you know, oh, doing yeah. the whole Jesse Jackson thing. <laughs> I, I have to bring that up. I will not. Wow. You do not like Green Eggs and Ham? <laughs> I do not like them. Sam, I am. <laughs> I read that one all the time. I read that one all the time. Yeah. And I haven't even seen that. I was I thought you were going to say the Sean Penn movie, oh. Sam I Am. I haven't even seen that movie because I'm like, I don't know that I need to watch another Oscar-winning performance. Sam, I, that movie, I Remember, actually watched that. Was Tropic Thunder? Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. well, the problem is you went full on retard. Full on retard. Never go full retard. You don't buy that? Yeah, Sean Penn, 2001, I am Sam. Remember? Went full retard. Went home empty handed. <laughs> you can't do that, man. <laughs> oh, I need to watch Rolling Thunder again. Or Tropic, <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Tropic Thunder. It's, it's kind of on in heavy rotation. Um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, that one, If the best part of that movie was all the fake movies they had at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Because oh. I, I think we've all seen those movies. Yeah. Yeah, the trailers. <laughs> yeah, the trailers. Yeah. So there were a lot of great books written at that time. And, you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas was another really, really great one. Near and dear to me, but I think it was that one. He had given up on adaptations. That 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T, which I think is a memorable, like, cult classic. So yeah. I don't think I'd be 
crazy to recommend someone to watch it. But I there was something creepy about it, and it's a very strange film. They even had to edit some things out of it that were come on, Victor, say something darker. nice about it. Yeah, no, <laughs> for the love of Christ, come on, no. I will not find something to like. Come on, Gene. In this movie, the color blue you know you was liked in it. it. The color blue was in it. That's right. Like, it was it was in Technicolor. I didn't like that shade of blue. It's like one they of the last Technicolor movies. But anyway, it really yeah. pissed him off. He's like, I'm done with Hollywood. It doesn't work for me. It's not something I should get involved with. What he really wow. was upset with was how constricted it was where the vision and they had, you know, there, there were constant budget fights and, and he was constantly at odds with, you know, how to get the production made right. and, and made well. So anyway, oh, yeah. he gave up on Hollywood and it was Chuck Jones who uh, really convinced him that they should make a cartoon adaptation of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Right. Yeah, which is one of the you know Christmas season classics. It's my and, absolute all time we'll, favorite. We probably Dr. covered that Seuss in our Christmas cartoon. episode. I exactly. Assume. Yeah. I've, I mean, that's one I've got to see every year. And you know, like yeah. right after getting really liquored up and watching <laughs> Bad Santa, the unrated version. But I will watch yeah, the Grinch. That and the Elf Christmas. Yeah, and that special. was made in 1966. <laughs> the Star Wars Christmas. <laughs> Star Wars. Christmas no, I was special. thinking Elf. You know that little furry. Oh God. Sitcom guy, yeah. I didn't know. I, for, I thought you were talking about the Will Ferrell movie Elf, and then it's oh, like, no. oh no, Elf. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I always thought, I always thought that uh, James, uh, oh, James Earl Jones. I always thought James yeah. Earl Jones did the vocal on the song. You're a mean one, Mister Mr. Grinch. Oh no, it was the guy that Thurl did... Ravenscroft. Yes, right. What did okay. he do? Why is he famous? Uh, Tony the Tiger. Yes. He was the voice of Tony the Tiger. Nice. Tony the Tiger yeah. sang that. Yeah. Absolutely. Frosted yeah. Flakes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Now I want to have a bowl of Frosted Flakes. <laughs> <laughs> There's three words that describe you. <laughs> Stink. Stank. Stunk. The 39 and a half foot pole was probably my favorite. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, uh, and he was resistant to Boris Karloff too. Oh come on! Yeah, Doctor Seuss was worried that Boris Karloff would bring dark, you know, too much, you know, adult. He's awesome. scariness to it. Yeah, he was really awesome. Jeez, I, I can't imagine it without Boris Karloff. Yeah, and there's only two yeah. credited vocals in that. It's uh, Cindy Lou Who and Boris Karloff um, are the only two real voices. Max doesn't really make any noise, but Max <laughs> is a great character. Oh yeah, Chuck Jones oh, all yeah. the way. Absolutely. Um, That's the dog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. and then Thrill did, Thrill didn't get credit for his vocal work singing the song. Um, that's why I assumed it was always James Earl Jones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doctor Seuss you yeah, know, always tried to make up for it. What is this productions not crediting everybody? It just happens well, sometimes. Weird. Yeah. I think you know in the animation at that period of time. I mean, you're talking, you know, kind of the same period of time as. Um, um, Actually, a lot of times they're trying to hit a time limit, so they mm-hmm. they they cut those credits pretty short. Well, it was very uh, laborious, you know, the, yeah. bef- before all the animation was shipped off to Asia. Well, nothing kills me more than an yeah. old Disney movie where you have like five and a half minutes of credits before anything starts. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, what I watched a I watched a Disney some some movie that was related to Disney. Oh, it was Hugo. Mm-hmm. It was Hugo, and so I. I, I just had to fast forward through like the 20 minutes or more. It's like if I see that fucking castle one more time, mm-hmm. it's like, I know it's Disney. Mm-hmm. I could tell by the tar penis. 
<laughs> not prohibited by disk. You can't fast forward through the FBI warning, yeah. the Interpol warning. This operation not thing. permitted. Oh, wow, it's in THX sound. All the things I can't fast forward through. Why do people <laughs> pirate things off of the internet? Because they don't have to watch that bullshit if That's you just right. pirate it over there. There you yeah. go. There you go. I think you can get a nice steak in that castle, though. There's a restaurant in there. <laughs> There's a bar in Disneyland, too. You, you've, you've heard that story, right? A like bar. Johnny Depp's been to it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a secret. It's like a secret a bar. A secret bar? Oh, yeah. But, wow. But it seriously exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So it's like Johnny Depp's been it's to what, it. What, you have to like know the speakeasy code to get in there or something? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you got to do to get Sword in there. Swordfish. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. That's an ugu. Wow. <laughs> so, I yeah. Would, I, I would love to go totally get liquored up at that bar like 9 o'clock in the morning and then just like stumble out into Disneyland. That would be great. Go puke and it's a small world. <laughs> uh, I've never been to Disneyland or World, but I'll probably take the kids there. I've been to yeah. Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I went to Anaheim. I've been to Anaheim, but I was I... right outside the gates, but I didn't go in. Wow. No, I had other things. I've been to, I've yeah. been to yeah. Disney <laughs> World. <laughs> Shit to do. But when I was at Disney World, that was before even Epcot was open. So I was, was there a whole for a conference. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go. Cool. I was I'm there done. for a conference, and I was there without my kids, and I was like, I can't go into Disneyland without the kids. No, that's kind of weird. I mean, you better just keep working. The only way you go into Disneyland without kids is like you're tripping balls or something, and then you just say, oh, yeah, I got to see Pluto. <laughs> Nothing worse than a man in engaged in either bitch. <laughs> so I think the pinnacle of Dr. Seuss in video is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I think that's the end of it. Okay. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably the pinnacle, but there's some other good stuff for well, sure. There's great stories. Oh, and, yeah. And he did keep writing. And oh, yeah. It was the Green Eggs and Ham that really made him. He would he would write on the two different tiers of the child literacy, I can read books. Right. He became really well known for that. And he would make the short. Left foot, right foot, left foot. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, in the foot, 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 low foot. I think yeah. later on, it's, it's fair to say that his books, you know, kind of reflected his politics a lot too. You know, mm-hmm. like the Butter Battle book and uh, yeah, you and know, the, the Lorax. The and Butter so Battle forth. had a, a animated special. Yep. The, the, that was halfway decent. It's I not don't quite remember up. Remember that? I should I should find that one. Yeah. It it's on the internet. It was, it was about the places. arms race, you, essentially. Oh, you, I know. You can I've, I've read it, the but... book. I've, I actually have oh, the yeah. book at home right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great book. What was really but, weird and, about and these the books... the ending is, like, yeah. awesome. He would do yeah. that on some of these, not the beginner readers yeah. hop on pot books. Right. But yeah. on these books, the Butter Battle book, <laughs> yeah. um, the Starbellied Sneetches, that had a resolution more than the Lorax or the Butter, butter Battle book. Yeah. Uh, but... What's featured in the Butter Battle... That there's a big wall, you know, right between the two countries. The book was written in the early 80s, hmm. but the movie came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. That was the year the Berlin Wall was breached. Oh, how cool. And the beginning of the tearing down of the Berlin Wall started. And uh, I'm not saying they're related, but <laughs> isn't that interesting? That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I will go so far as to say, Tor, that I believe it to be more related than Reagan had anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could be. See our Ronald Reagan podcast. 
Yeah. So, so the Ukes the are on one side, the Zooks are on the other side, and the Ukes have the Galdi butter side down. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's right up there with the Sneeches. Yeah. Now, I mean, the Sneeches is like one of the great stories about class distinction. Love that yeah. one. And that one's yeah. a bit more complex even. Like the Butter Battle book, actually, it just escalates and escalates and escalates and then ends. Tor, with... you got some Sneeches there? Yeah, I, I'm actually about halfway through the book. Dude, give us some Sneeches. Just read some. But Bean was quite wrong, I'm quite happy to say, that the Sneetches got really quite smart on that day. The day they decided that Sneetches are Sneetches, and no kind of Sneetch is the best on the beaches. That day, all the Sneetches forgot about stars, and whether they had one or not, upon theirs. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Come on. The Bada book bing. is, the, there's, yeah, two, there's there's the star sneeches and the, 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 and the without star sneeches, and they're like, mm-hmm. the star sneeches think they're special. But, right. and, and it then it goes into what happens from there. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm halfway through that novel. And, uh, <laughs> and it counts as a novel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some great stories. That's one thing when you have kids, you get to actually read these things out loud. Mm-hmm. And, and there, yeah. there's a difference between just reading it to yourself and reading it out loud. Like I mentioned before, it, it's like a talking exercise. <laughs> well, I remember yeah. in college, we used to have games where we would yeah. make each other read Fox and Socks. Oh, yeah. So we would pass, we would pass Fox and Socks <laughs> around and then test how much you could handle and if you you know when you failed you would drink so it was a it was a college drinking game for us oh absolutely uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I'm... got really good at it. <laughs> after a while after a while <laughs> uh so so here's here's probably a very tragic part of his story is that in in 1967 his wife uh, of many years she had been suffering from cancer mm-hmm. oh uh, wow i just Actually, that paragraph I read was the last of the Sneetches. I was kind of thinking it was. That was the last page, because I turned the page, and that's another story called the Zacks. It was apocryphal. So I wasn't... (laughs) Yeah. It was a good one. You gave away the ending there. Yeah. Thanks at Pantload Tour. Spoilers! Yeah. Oops. Now I know how Buffy the Vampire Slayer ends. Yeah. He's a dude. (laughs) God. You know, they run that whole series on Thursdays on Logo, the Logo channel. And I end up just, like, watching. I don't know what the hell's the matter with me. I really don't. But anyways. So so uh, Ted had been having an affair with Audrey. Yes. And Helen had just yeah. caught wind of it, basically. Right. And she, so Boom. besides the cancer and then finding about it, the affair, she committed suicide. Yeah, that was, so, and that was, yeah, kind of a shocker. Yeah. That's yeah. rough. Dr. Seuss married Audrey uh, less than a year later. Mm-hmm. So between yeah. that and being pro-Japanese internment, probably not, you know. <laughs> probably not the best choice. We have a few character <laughs> flaws, yeah. yeah. What was her name? Audrey Diamondstone or Stone Audrey Diamond? Audrey Stone Diamond. Yeah. Audrey, Which is, is kind of funny when you think yeah. about it, you know. Yeah, that was, that's She's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind uh-huh. of a porn name. Yeah. I'm Alder Stone Diamond. Yes, of course you are. Yeah. She's ready for a James Bond movie. My Pussy name is Pussy Galore. Galore. <laughs> <laughs> I must be dreamy. God, when there's going to be a new Bond movie out? Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm dying. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> she just pull Sean Connery back. James Bond. Yeah. The old folks home. <laughs> 
Strawberry Fee. <laughs> oh, that was so cool. I was just like, Nick, just leave it at Miss Field. <laughs> that Strawberry Fields. Awesome. awesome. Mm. <laughs> so what Audrey did, I think, was really push him into the limelight. You know, it, it's yeah. almost like it's almost like someone else we were talking about where the second wife. The one thing I'll say about Audrey, though, is that she's a bit on the Yoko Ono professional widow side. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Seuss died in 1991. And so she's like the, you know, gatekeeper Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. uh, she is Gozer, the gatekeeper. (laughs) Right. Of all things uh, Seuss. And she's the one who's, you know, made a lot of decisions on, oh, well, let's make this into a movie. Let's make that into a movie. Or let's not. Well, let's just say it started with in 2000. Hey, Let's make How the Grinch Stole Christmas into a full-length movie. Mm-hmm. And it turned into one of the greatest uh, uh, production enterprises with Ron Howard and everything. Right. Oh, yeah. you know, trying to get the person to do the role of the Grinch. Uh-huh. They'd, they'd thrown around a lot of other names. And then um, apparently, this goes back to our Andy Kaufman episode, and you should probably check out that episode <laughs> of Dang Right. <laughs> she went to talk to uh, Jim Carrey on the set of Man do on the Moon. Do we do Andy Kaufman or do we just do professional wrestling? We did professional I, wrestling. That's yeah. count, that's my Why? Andy Kaufman episode. It was, <laughs> the, yeah, it was a sub story. Yeah, yeah you yeah. guys did professional wrestling. I was just doing Andy Kaufman. That's, Andy that's Kaufman. the thing about listening to our podcast. The hypertext is included, yeah, it is included. in the audio. We don't yeah, bury yeah. it. <laughs> you don't have to right click anything. No, 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 no. That shit's just there. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> she she went on the set and he was so out of his mind because he was trying to get out of his mind to be Andy Kaufman that she had to interview uh, Andy Kaufman pretending to be Jim Carrey, how Jim Carrey would pretend to be the Grinch. Oh. And that's how she decided, yeah, this guy can pull it off because he was, you know, wow. he got way, you know, in character and crazy oh. to, to be Andy Kaufman. He's a method actor. He's a method actor. And, you know, also in the production of that, you know, getting into the Grinch costume drove him nuts. It was three hours of makeup every day to put on the oh, costume. Sure three anyways. Apparently he had to hire a Navy SEAL to help him deal with um, anti-interrogation techniques of mental, uh, getting your brain in the state to deal with torture. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just love it. I mean, it's hilarious. And then he had to wear these eye things that uh, contacts that made his eyes yellow. And apparently they hurt wow. so much that he had to take them out. And so at certain points they had to CGI his eyes so they'd be yellow. Oh, my God. Wow. You know, I don't know. I hate to slag on him because it's a big pain in the ass to do something like that. But, oh, but come the on. Movie itself, but seriously, I mean, if that's the worst thing you got to do in your life, oh, I'm going to get paid <laughs> lots and lots of money, but I got to put some makeup on in the morning. Big deal. You know Except what? You have to endure pain. You yeah, can put whatever. my dick in a, in a Grinch outfit <laughs> a for eight hours. And yeah. For three months. Yeah, whatever. whatever. I can deal with it. Yeah, if pain isn't <laughs> permanent, funny. if pain isn't permanent, don't whine about it. Yeah, you know, if you can turn it off, yeah. shake it the hell off. It's like I'm yeah. sick of this. Like, oh, geez, I had to go through so much. It's as midwestern as it gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's kind of it's like direct from Scotty Nation. If it doesn't kill you, then just put up with it. It might make you stronger. It might do nothing, but just put up with it. Is what yeah. they're saying. Quit being man the fuck up. Yeah. Put on your big girl pants. You can still go eat some Cowboy cheese. The fuck up, I mean, what's camper. the big deal? Quit being so goddamn whiny. <laughs> Does this, the- eye, does this eye look like it cares? <laughs> I, my gym teacher used to pull that on me. Oh, God. Does this oh. eye look like it cares? Let's not he, get into the emotional scarring of eye. gym teachers. <laughs> does this eye look like it cares? 
So, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I am a, I'm deficient in that I did not get to see the Jim Carrey. Uh, oh, you're the not deficient. No, it is, no. The, it is the worst don't. adaptation I've ever seen. Really? It's just awful. It's oh, awful, 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 awful. Don't. And I, I own it, and every now and then the girls want to watch it, and I'm like, no! Yeah. There's an animated version. It's shorter, and yeah. it's better. Let's watch yeah. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm considering burning it at some point. It's, it's, it's like the really Michael bad. Myers cat in the hat. You just I would rather wake up in my yeah. own vomit than watch that. Really? Again. Yeah. So I got to tell you, the Michael Myers. I haven't seen that one either. Oh, then you're not missing don't, anything. Don't. It's actually worse than how the Grinch stole Christmas, the live action version. Um, it's actually got more adult humor in it and jokes that are just mean spirited. Oh, good. Because well, that's it the, makes the cat in the hat a mean. That, that was what was missing. Yeah, and the cat in the hat that was that was a beginner reader story, right? right? right. Yeah, but they turn it into <laughs> they're floating down the river on the back of the maid or whatever yeah. who's dead for a while in the film. Yeah, comes back to life at the end or whatever. Oh my. Really, really poor taste, bad humor. I love Mike Myers. There's nothing to like about this movie. So yeah, um, yeah we like Austin Powers. And this is where Audrey, Love Austin Powers. This is where Audrey decided world. Nope, no more live action. Yeah. No one's doing any more live action Doctor Seuss. It's ruining his memory. It's ruining his work. I mean, yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas and The Cat in the Hat are two of the best works he's ever done, really. And they're just ruined cinematically yeah. because of those two Sounds like more like uh, the cat who shat in the hat. <laughs> Good one, Tar. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, I like uh, that. <laughs> so, so that's when they went to the CGI films, and that's why they did Horton. Um, what is it? Horton Here's a Who. Now, Victor, for God's sakes, listen to that because Thor is never going to be accused of being Gene Challen. <laughs> you know, I heard it. <laughs> Not like you. I'm. <laughs> Mr. Now, smiley Face. I hope <laughs> here's a who was a hoot. No, unfortunately, uh, I haven't been able to see that movie either. <laughs> I heard it was good. Really good. Yeah. I, I think my wife took my kids to it. Mm -hmm. And if I remember right, I think they had to leave early because my son got too scared. They were quite young at the time. <laughs> Well, Mike Myers in a cat and Ann outfit. I mean, honestly. No, no, no. Not, not that Horton, Horton Hears oh, a oh, Who. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. But, yeah. Horton Hears a Who had some drama in it, but it was a good movie. Yeah. It was, the CGI worked well for it. You could actually animate Dr. Seuss style a lot better than you can put someone in a furry Dr. Seuss costume. Yeah. It just yeah. worked so much better. The, the oh, kangaroos, yeah. the evil kangaroos and everything. And, uh, yeah. I think my son has had some, uh, has trouble with drama. <laughs> I think we had a little too much can, pop. Can we just cut for a We're minute? drinking pop. You keep dropping shit. Whose stuff is this? Probably mine. This yours? Okay. Oh, God. I'm going to hurl. Oh, Fine. Fuck. That was funny. Make me happy. And ham, I do not like them, Sam. I am. I would not, could not in a box. I would not, could not with a fox.
So you've seen Horton Horton Hears a Who. You have not seen Horton Hears a Who. Correct. Right. I thought it was a passable film. And I did too. I thought it was a good job with the Who's and Whoville. And yes. they reappear in Horton and the Who's appear in other other works, you know, throughout the career. And then that led up to the adaptation because that was mildly successful at the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that led to the, the making of the Lorax. Right. Which, which you two guys have seen. I have mm, not. Which, uh, yep, came out this year. Mm-hmm. And what did, what did you... it's, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to give it four out of five stars. After the movie's done and they start rolling the credits, they play the song that's like a heavily auto-tuned. And, uh, if you believe. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not into that. So they lose a star. Right. All right. That just did it for you in the, cre- but, the song during the credits. Yeah. Song during the credits, man. Oh, sorry. Lose a star. Um, <laughs> And, but it, 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 it's Archies. got it's got Ed Helms as the Onceler. Do I need to say more? No, mm. you do not. Yeah, any any it's it's a singing and performance role as well. Wow, with Ed Helms. I mean, come on, that's cool, man. Yeah, in the book, the Onceler was completely hidden, and so yeah, of course you have to like you were saying, pad it out. You have to build it out into a bigger film. Sure, sure. So they make the Onceler, yeah. you know, a full blown person character, and Ed Helms does the voice really well. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the original Lorax uh, feature, oh, is you know ends on a much darker note. Than... Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. I I yeah. actually watched. I mean, because I I knew I wasn't going to get to to mm-hmm. see it with you guys, mm-hmm. so I I rewatched the original uh, Lorax, and I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing when when it was on TV originally, and I really liked it because it it was a, a fantastic message about. Oh, consumerism, capitalism, yeah. environmentalism. Everyone needs a need. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and um, it, you know, and it just sort of ends with the onesler giving you know this kid this one seed, which um, oh god, and I and I got to tell you this. So my nephew and his dad went to go see the Lorax, uh-huh. and he said that he looked over. And my nephew, at the end, you know, when the when the truffle trees were starting to grow again, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. he, had, he had he had a little tear in his eye. Nice. And it was like, okay, you know, I might have teared no up. No higher the, accolade than yeah. that if it wasn't for that auto tune song at the end. You know, the credits. But I anyway. thought the best thing was the line at the end where um, they said that oh, if you believe that something's going to get better without caring, it's not. Whatever, you know. I'll read the. I'll find the line. Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> Anyone have the Lorax handy? I I don't have it handy. No. Well, all all I tried to remember about the Lorax was Ed Helms. I'll find. I'll I'll, I'll insert it here. But anyway, uh, in addition to Ed Helms, I really have to jump on the Betty White bandwagon. She played the grandmother, mm-hmm. and very cool. Good for and her. Did a great job. I mean, her career is just. Going through the roof. Yeah, I mean, Betty White better. is is one of the greats. Oh of, yeah, uh, Americans, uh, television, cinema, comedy. I mean, when she did that Saturday Night Live, and she said that she wanted all the women from the SNL cast to join in, whether they were you know actually working in the cast or not, and uh-huh. they did that show. It was so good. You yeah, know, you know, you know <laughs> that that bit that. Kirsten Wig always does mm-hmm. with the woman with the tiny hands. Yeah, <laughs> I love those. <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know if I've seen that one, but oh god, it's so is it funny? Cool, yeah, because they're is all it? like the 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 beautiful singers, right? And then Tiny Hands, comes in. <laughs> Tiny Hands, and then Betty White does like this thrash metal version of the Golden Girls theme song. Really? <laughs> and wow. then she goes, "That's how I spin it, motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. You know, we we talked a little bit about uh, Dr. Seuss's political views. Let me just say, oh. unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot. Nothing is going to get better. It's not. That's the line that ends the Lorax. Right. And so it does end on that dark note where, like, he hands the last truffle a seed. Right. And he yeah. hopes that this kid takes on the mantle and takes yeah. care of things. What always got me in the book when I was a kid and the story, even in the theater, is like, okay, Wunzler, why don't you just plant that fucking seed 20 years right. ago and then start the dang thing? Since Get your you sorry learned, ass out of that. Yeah. Since <laughs> yeah. you learned you made a mistake, why are you sitting up in a right. thing, you know, and... But that's, that's the thing. Being... That there's no point for him to do that if the rest of society doesn't care, doesn't give a crap. That's a good point. Or, or that's if, a good or point. he yeah. isn't a responsible enough character to, to do that move, and that's why he's got to hand it off to someone else, much like some kind of Jedi or Sith thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, see, I would have ended that with political power comes from the barrel of a gun, <laughs> Chairman Mao. <laughs> <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Be careful there. There might be a committee coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> so No, but you, that's a good point, Tor, is that the, the, the whole thing is is that the truffle seed means nothing if someone's just going to do the same thing all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They flesh it out and, and, and nuanced it a little bit more in the in the new Lorax movie. I was oh, going to say, and, they did another thing which I just drives me freaking nuts is they added a love interest because he doesn't do it because he cares about the environment. He does it because he wants to impress a girl. You know, in a way, though, that makes it more realistic. <laughs> oh, come I on. Mean, we've all done some stupid shit on that. That's called yeah. riding on the hood of your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh. You know? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. We've all been yeah. in that zip code one one time or two. Right. But it, it, it in, in the new movie, they, they do... He, when he starts his uh, manufacturing and making the Thedes after listening to the Lorax the first time around, he starts out with a sustainable uh, harvesting of, of the trees. But, of course, that goes south, south and then they just start right. cutting them down. But that does point out that it's not necessarily against business creating product. It's about the greed where you're willing right. to, willing to go in a way that you know well, de- destroys your future. If you are figuring on bigger and and bigger and and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, <laughs> it is the greed is gonna. But it, I thought yeah. it was it was well played and it was well done. You know, and the other thing I would say good about this movie is um, Danny DeVito Trollfoot himself as the Lorax is probably right. the perfect voice oh, yeah. of the Lorax. Sure, <laughs> you know, oh, so yeah. I really I really enjoyed. <laughs> Watching or hearing Danny DeVito be the voice of the Lorax, and it was it was padded. It was a bit overlong that it didn't need to be, but it was fun. Yeah, I did not like the color blue they used. I was kind of against that. No, it's fine. I mean, to, to but, me, uh, the Lorax it always it should have had like an outro by Rod Serling or something. Just for the record, capitalism kills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they also added the concept of O'Hara Air. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that was beautiful. That yeah, was a beautiful was cool. representation of like bottled water because all it is yeah. is pure spring water. Is just it's, tap water thrown in a bottle and you're charged an extra yeah, yeah. dollar fifty for it. Exactly. Right. So 
Anyway, I, I thought the messages of the film were great. I, I didn't think the movie was particularly wonderful, but I thought it did justice to the story. I don't I'm not like looking forward to them adapting anymore. Dr. Seuss no. films into movies. Fine, they're gonna do it. God, I wonder where they're gonna go next. But well, I mean so, like, Hollywood is so book, completely man. out of ideas <laughs> that I mean book. they'll just <laughs> It'll be a fetish, <laughs> fetish foot classic. Yeah. Yeah. Be a we lot of guys showing up in trench coats. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, the foot puck. Oh, <laughs> it's greeting only. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I like the big tub of popcorn. No, you don't have to put any popcorn in. Well, you know they're going to do some kind of adaptation of Sam, I am, Green Eggs, and Ham. Oh, I know. With, like, a love interest, because you got to have that, apparently. <laughs> Somebody's going to see them off when they go off in the boat. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know. I know it's sad, but not terrible. <laughs> not terrible. It had Ed, Ed Helms. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong. Really. No, no, yeah. that's true. Well, I just wanted to return a little bit to to Dr. Seuss's political views because you know he he was. They describe him as a liberal Democrat, and and I think that we have to be careful nowadays because that's nowadays. not what Democrats are. Because the political spectrum has shifted so far, far to the right, right. yeah, in, in America that a liberal Democrat is something like, well, what does that mean? Conservative Republican. I mean, a liberal <laughs> Democrat now would mean you're pretty much about as red as you can possibly be in America, mm-hmm. whereas a liberal Democrat then just meant, oh, yeah, um, I'll pay taxes and that will go for health care. And social programs and education yeah, New and deal. for that. Because Dr. Seuss himself never had any kids, mm-hmm. but always saw the... Well, he always said, you have them, I'll entertain them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the point is, is that, you know, education, reading, literacy, this is all important. These are all important things. So these were sort of like more positive aspects of that kind of war period, you know, where he's like, really, you know, let's go gung ho. The negative part of that was the, the Japanese internment yeah. and, and so forth. But the, the positive part was, no, there are things that we have to address right now. You know, living to 1991, again, I'll say this, as we did with, uh, you know, Emma Goldman or Walter Cronkite or any of these people, is that I think it's it's one of the most tragic things in the world when you live long enough to see everything that you ever stood for more or less undone, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. more or less just completely trashed. And, and that, that's what's frustrating about, uh, you know, the Scott Walker and the... The the fanatical lunatic right wing Republicans well, Alec kind of group uh, David oh, Koch Republicans that we have now yes is because you, you know we've been around a while and it's like oh come on we know better than this why is it we reverting right. to this like yeah. so yeah, frustrating we, you yeah. saw this in the eighties and the seventies and the sixties I mean yeah. it's just terrible they want to go back to the forties I think but or beyond but what I wanted to point out yeah. about someone like Ted Geisel is that. He died in 1991, probably before seeing all his dreams truly become undone. Well, that's true. Like the war <laughs> the in movies. Afghanistan. Yeah. And, you know, like the whole, yeah, well. He actually died in perhaps a, uh, a happy time. Because, <laughs> a happy time because for him, he would, because he the wall would have just come down. The Berlin Wall would have just come down. And he could have been that things actually, were just getting you're probably better. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden the turn goes, 
and yeah. ooh, the worm turns. And here we are now. <laughs> and here we are now in the Harvest yeah. County Nation. I know if, if uh, you know if all goes well with the recall election, we can actually get back to where we were in oh I don't know about 1875. Yeah, we might we might move forward to the what? past. I can, yeah. as a worker, I can be represented. Is this a target awesome. state? I'm not really sure <laughs> anymore. You, you know. Uh, if he were still alive, what kind of books would he have written you know, during the Bush administration? I'm pretty sure oh, if he really? were still alive, he'd be saying, help, help, let me out. It's dark in here. Help, help. <laughs> yeah. <okay>. Sorry. <laughs> Had to do it. But he was cremated. Ashes were spread. So. Okay. I know. It's like the whole Disney thing. There is no frozen head. Or is there? Or is there? Yeah. <laughs> it might of... be on that one of those presidents uh, in the mechanical... Uh, Ooh, I oh, I just yeah. I just read that the uh, U.S. Mint is uh, issuing Chester A. Arthur dollar coins. Mm. Can oh. the Millard Fillmore be far behind? I don't Can't think. Wait for the I think we're hitting the golden time of coin collecting now. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. I I so Anything... totally. W- I want to go to a strip bar and just like be flinging Millard Fillmore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, like, not at, but just, you know, on the stage. Health and news, Millard Fillmore. Hey, that's a that's worth a Millard. Yeah, what Should can you a... do for a Millard Fillmore? <laughs> what would you do for a Millard Fillmore? I don't That's, know. It just sounds dirty just asking that. I know. It really kind of does. That should become our new subtitle. What would you do for Millard Fillmore? <laughs> Millard Fillmore? That almost sounds like a cigarette. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> new Millard Fillmore 100s. Yeah. <laughs> Long-lasting taste. Man. Gentlemen, should we go to the mailbag? And I'll tell you what, the mailbag is largely a love fest for Tor for episode 120. All the photography people <laughs> probably have shouldn't come go there. out of the woodwork. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that they've – I've quite a few emails I've seen is like, hey, let Tor speak. Hey, we did. Did you notice it was a three-hour <laughs> podcast last time? Oh, well, that's true. But I think in general <laughs> – It was so, like 33% yes. longer. Uh, <laughs> Now with more Millard Fillmore. <laughs> now yeah. with more Millard Fillmore taste and flavor. All right. We got an email uh, from Craig. He said he was so excited about the mailbag, I forgot my film question. He goes on to ask, uh, my local film processor closed, and I'm wondering if he had any good recommendations for online processing. Oh. Well, there's a number of them out there, and you can you know Google all day long and find a whole bunch. The one I've been using lately is our North Coast Photographic Services, which is out in uh, California, I think. You know, it's not cheap, but if you order their processing and enhanced scanning, they do a good job. Okay. So, so, so you get some digital scans back and your film processed. That's what I've been using lately. At some point, I'll probably start developing my own black and white, but I haven't set up a little mini dark room yet. Do you guys have any other mail? Um, I've got one uh, from okay. from Chris, who uh, says that they really enjoy our uh, podcast and that lear- they learned of it from uh, Bloody Good Horror, uh, another podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, said that they especially enjoyed our Kubrick episode. Like the fact that we enjoyed AI as well. 
I think I think AI is is one of those movies where um, I'm I always I mean I enjoyed Spielberg's take on it. Uh, I, I when I watch it though I I can't help but f- you know wonder what Kubrick would have actually done with it himself. Mm-hmm. Well, he did half of it basically. Well, that's true. Mm. That's, I mean, that's yeah. very some true. credit for that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so. I I did as well. I mean, uh, Kubrick, yeah. Kubrick I, is one of those. Is, is oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. It's not like George Lucas did the last half. Of oh, it. I no, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the Stanley Kubrick episode goes, I think that's actually at least during that era of Tank Ride. I think that was one of the tighter episodes. Mm-hmm. I that thought was that before we were doing the mushrooms so much. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> or these sodas. I'm sorry, sodas. <laughs> that's sodas. right. Well, Hugh X going to come looking for us at some point. <laughs> I, got, I wish. I, I want to recognize Mark, who has been putting up with my ribbing of of me and my uh, my love of movies. Uh, but he sent a great email. It was a much longer email. But one of the really fun things about the email is that uh, when he was watching Hugo, he he knew while he was watching it that I would totally die for it. And he was thinking about that while he watched it. That was totally cool that he recognized that it was a movie that I'd love. One of the things that he mentioned is that he really liked the episodes that we do where he didn't know anything about the episode, like mm-hmm. uh, the Rachel Carson Silent Spring episode it was yeah. kind of a surprise. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was really fun to, to to learn something completely new out of the blue. I think we get a lot of that with listeners where mm-hmm. when they're newer, they, they find the episodes that strike what they th- think they know about. And then they listen to it and we either did or didn't do what they thought we did about the topic. And then after a while, they go back through the archives and find stuff that's just completely not relevant to them. Like, I am i don't like professional wrestling, so I'm not going to listen to that. But then they listen to it because sure. we don't put out episodes every week. And then they're like, that's right. fine, I'll listen to that professional wrestling one. <laughs> and then they find that it's really fun and, you know, a good episode yeah. to listen to. Well, he also mentioned that we should take more vacations and that uh, New Mexico sounds like a great place to go. <laughs> I love and, uh, New Mexico. New Mexico is one of my favorite places. The tour should go on a vacation specifically. So we are somewhere. accepting donations I've... to Tank Riot. <laughs> and maybe at some point. To send me Ooh. somewhere. <laughs> so so speaking of to be on standby at some airport. <laughs> speaking of New up. Mexico, there's yeah. a new documentary out that I must talk to you about. It's uh, called Hitler's Children. And so, you know, of course, Hitler never had any children himself. Mm-hmm. That we know of. Yeah. Not maybe the boys from Brazil or anything, but... Yeah. Here's the thing. It it's talking about all the relatives of a lot of the top Nazi party members who, you know, are kind of still alive and, you know, have dealt with all these years. It's like, oh, just hearing the name. Goering's great niece lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm. So I mean, wow. now that I know that. I mean, when I found out like Stalin's daughter lived, you know, right. just down in... And she just died recently. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, yeah. I've actually started reading some of her books. Yeah, it's crazy. Really mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. Anyways, so, I mean, I, I love New Mexico. In fact, uh, Mrs. Sputnik and I are thinking of retiring to New Mexico because it's not Arizona, mm-hmm. but it's still warm. <laughs> <laughs> no chance of being deported yeah arizona kind of has two political parties uh you know right wing and far right wing yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but both of them do minutemen patrols along the borders yeah yeah 
But anyway, I wanted to finish. I wanted to thank Mark for the long, thoughtful email that he sent. You know, he also said that he really liked the music and the bumpers and some of the stuff we throw in, local music and some of oh, the flavor. And good. also said he really liked the idea of us going to a bar and recording an episode at a local establishment. Maybe at some point we Ooh. can do that. Um, we have the technology. We could do we that. We can build him. That you know, you'd really get a huge slice of Scotty Nation flavor doing right. that. We could just plan a shorter episode and just boom, hit it yeah. and record it. You know, another thing that's really interesting that I went to last night that I I twittered about is I went to this event called Nerd Night, and it's uh, they hold it once every month or so where it's nerdnite dot com where. Uh-huh. You can submit a story to Nerd Night, and they'll um, pick a time for you to go do a presentation. And what it is is you go to a local bar. Last night I was at the High Noon Saloon, and they invite a few people to do a speech, and they do a little PowerPoint presentation about the nerdy thing that they do in research or whatever. And uh, so it was just really fun. It was fun to be a bunch of nerds out at a bar hanging out, and the presentations were all very good. They were comic book related. They were um, a local musician got up and talked for a, a little while about ant research, and I thought it was pretty cool. So cool. maybe there's a way we can get involved with Nerd Night at some point in the future. But I would suggest if you're in the Madison area or at the other, these other areas, it happens in a lot of cities across the U.S. I twittered about it, and uh, it's nerdnight.com. So check it out. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that sounds wow. like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tank Riot could throw on some presidential masks and get up on stage and do a little talk. Tor, do you have another one? <laughs> Yeah, it's from uh okay, just I, I gotta preface this with I, I took French in high school, but I got a D in it and I dropped out to save my GPA. So I, I hope I'm pronouncing this. This is Michelle or or Michael or something. Let me <laughs> see. Let's go with Michelle. I think Michelle from uh Paris, France. I got a D. So this, I'm just apologizing if I'm butchering anything. He writes, uh, long-time listener, first time, you know. But he, he liked the show on the 120 film, and he's enjoying to hear there's other people that share that passion. Of course, this is a 35-millimeter camera, but he has a pre-World War II Leica 3A with a 50-millimeter oh. Sumar lens. And I don't have a Leica yet. But uh, I remember wow. fondling. I'm so envious. Yeah, I, I remember fondling one in a camera store once, and there's, it's just, it's it's like the most precision piece of machinery. Oh yeah, y- you've ever handled. And someday I gotta get one. Yeah, because they're so cool. That would be so cool. Um, they're you know really fun to uh, shoot around with. I'm sure. He's talking about. Uh, he calls it a souping black and white film at home, you know, developing your own. I agree that that's really cool, too. I haven't really done it, did it since uh, 19, 1990, I think, that I developed my last role. But but I do want to get back into it once things kind of settle down at at my home, which is currently the whole we're remodeling. So uh, things are rather hectic now. But uh, I've got this little bathroom in the basement, and I think if I build kind of a enlarged medicine cabinet, I can put in some shelves and maybe a fold-down little table and develop and have a little darkroom set up there Ooh. where I could develop my own film and develop black and white. That's the, always been a dream that, of mine to, that would to be have awesome. a darkroom. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, well, I you've th- got a bunker. 
Yeah, so I yeah, might, I might, you really kind of do. I might might do that eventually. Shafir Bunker. I would totally, so, yeah. 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 I wish I had yeah. a Bunker like you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We added a added a little more basement there, which is rather bunker like. I think and... you're going to be on Doomsday Preppers soon. <laughs> Doomsday Preppers. Oh, that <laughs> show is so. You know, yeah, I, I well... was so excited when that came out, but now I'm kind of depressed because. I know. It's like then they rate them mm. like it's Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah, it's like no matter weird, how man. freakish their shit is, it's like well, you know, you, what you could do is I put the guns over it. here. It's like oh man, you know, I I really don't need feel I need to prep for Doomsday, but I I, I just want to do a few things like uh, you know we're in Wisconsin, we have to store up for the big snow snowstorm. So yeah, I'm thinking maybe uh, in this wall we're putting in, I I can store canned goods in the wall and have like a little thing where you put the you know the fresh one on top and then you take out the top one out of the bottom the older one on the bottom so it always you know that's right refreshes itself and so you could just have some cans of corn and some cranberries and some different beans and (laughs) whatever you know and and so you got a little stockpile of cranberries and beans if if you ever get snowed in you know what i mean so yeah that's true yeah but come the zombie apocalypse yeah corn cranberries you know again come the revolution or the zombie apocalypse i would personally like to be in a good position to handle both right yeah right hdtv and i gotta say if things go south the rabbits who are all over my yard look out yeah i I might need food i've been kind of thinking of buying a lee enfield rifle so i'm starting to like (laughs) stockpile 303 ammo (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah so thanks for the email michelle uh, I mean, and all the way from France too, and and I mean, shooting uh, pictures in Paris has to be awesome. I'm jealous. Oh yeah, no yeah. shit. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I definitely want to go there someday. Oh god, I mean, it was it was like with you know the photographer, you know, is like a 1930s Paris. Okay, take a bad shot. I dare you. Yeah. You know, or even now, you know, and you've got to like it. Oh god. Well, and one really cool thing that Michelle says about the 120 film and everything else is it sums up a recurring theme on tank riot slow down think and listen i'm in brother yeah. <laughs> wait i'm atheist <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, i, I have one cool. from phil whose uh subject line is two words for bad movie night evil bong phil way ahead of you <laughs> seen it loved it evil <laughs> <bong>. loved it <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Y- you know Evil Bong to me picks up where Leprechaun Boys into Hood yeah, yeah. left off. Where, you know, he kills this guy by by jamming the lit smoking bong through his chest cavity. Evil Bong kind of picks up from there. So thank you very much, Phil. I loved it. We also got an email from uh Tom who said uh you know, 120 film. Expected to be bored, was informed and enlightened. Well done again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Begrudgingly. I love it. I love it. But he also had a good suggestion. It is in the hat, Tom. Thank you. And I have heard of the professor of which you speak. Ooh. Yeah. Tor, do you have more film emails? Well, there there were a few other emails, but um I, I, so I'm just gonna say th- thank you for sending the the kind words. Oh, uh, let me I'm I'm gonna do one for you. Then. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Mario. Mario emailed. Pro photographer, 20 years. So, yeah, was my fave episode. Yeah. Tor knows his shit. 
Tor wouldn't read this one. That's I'm sure. a good one. That was a good one. That so, one stood out to me too. Hey, how about two and a quarter film? <laughs> so, anyway, well, one twenty is. Two I know and a quarter it was a film. film. He says, "I know it was a film, uh, a show about two quarter film, but a photopod with a mention of Leica and Cartier Bresson." So, anyway, yeah, there's a really cool documentary about him that I watched. But yeah, well, maybe the, uh, we we got to leave something to talk about in yeah. a future episode. There's the future, Absolutely. Mario. We'll get to the future. And by the way, yeah. some of your other suggestions were wonderful. Go to the past because we've already done an episode on Les Paul, and you should check it out. And we already did, we already did Tesla, so check that one out, and that'll hold you off while we throw your other great ideas into the hat, and we'll get to them in the near future. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Tor yeah. did a great episode on the 120 film and photography in general, and I think it's fair to say that we'll probably have future photography podcasts. You mm-hmm. know, because possibly, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, there's it's a huge field. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's a lot. To there's talk a lot about. we could talk about for sure. I mean, you know, if we just wanted to focus in on, say, investigative journalism or uh, war war photojournalism, or oh, I mean, oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, there's there's just so many things or with the art know. and you know all kinds of things. Exactly, fashion. Uh, oh, we did get a, a on, on a as a Flickr comment. We got a nice comment from the Film Photography Podcast, Ooh. which I, I listened to one of their episodes. <laughs> they're they're definitely guys like me. You know, they talk about <laughs> they talk about you know all these old cameras they picked up when they went out and uh, shot these old cameras oh, yeah. uh, with various film. And so th- that was fun. I'm going to listen to some more of their episodes. That's the first time I heard of them. Cool. Uh, speaking of Flickr, they're <sighs> I, I got to figure out what's going on because uh, apparently the Tank Ride account on Flickr is like not fully approved yet. And oh. and, and, and so <laughs> it's not being discovered by keyword searches yet. The, okay. You know, so it's somewhat hidden. Uh, you can definitely go to tankriot.com and hit the 120 episode and follow the link there and see the photos that we've posted. Well, Victor put his heart into his art, but none of them appeared on the net. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. well, we're going to get Victor's photos up there. But I'm, I'm an artist. I'm kind of holding them back until <laughs> Flickr fully enables the Tank Riot account. Wow. It, it's like, you know, with one hand tied behind its back right now. So, And apparently, what I'm since it's a new account, apparently there's, you know, a number of weeks, like you got to wait like, like a month or so, before everything gets approved on Flickr. Yeah, you know, Tank so, Wright's got to just plan ahead. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so uh, I guess we didn't plan that one out. Well, I didn't know it would take so long. I, I got a few pictures, too, awesome. that, that I took, and I haven't developed them yet. But You I, know, some, someone's, no yeah. one's going to listen to this show. They'll get to that show in a few weeks, and by then it'll all be settled. Right. And yeah, then they'll listen hopefully. to this show and they'll be, what are they talking about? I saw all of Victor's pictures. Yeah. They yeah. sucked. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, I bet they'll like God. it. God. Well, let's, let, I, I, I would got to take the camera back. My pictures <laughs> are more or less uh, still lifes. Uh, I would like to say subgenre ass puppetry. Ass <laughs> puppetry. <laughs> Well, if any Sputnik's pictures turn out as... Uh, I think that's a subreddit, the, isn't it? Meet the decency that's, requirements. That's uh, Legion of Decency we, retired. We will publish the Sputnik's photos as well. We've got Victor's will hopefully be coming soon. And uh, so... That's e- what she said. You know, this is kind of like... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. I just... <laughs> so, now, that's, that's very... Yeah, that's okay. bad. It's just bad. You but know, yeah, you know, you know, but th- this we is true. We were drinking a lot of pop tonight. We the, were. This is true of any Tank Ops. Ride episode. We kind of can keep revisiting old episodes and updating, 
we and, can. Uh, and talking about old subjects. So, so it's true. an ongoing thing. And, and the Flickr account with the photos will be an ongoing thing. Every now and then we'll throw another photo on there. Yeah, we'll throw more photos. You, you know, yeah. one thing, there's one thing we haven't mentioned is uh, Gene sent us some good logos for Tank Riot. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Those were awesome. Those were really cool. So I think Gene even sent in the original challenge saying, you know what? You guys should open up your logo to other people because your logo is shit. You know, he said it much nicer. Sorry. But we did an okay job <laughs> of our original logo years right. ago. We started this podcast. That's right. In, we should in, update. Yeah, in 2005. And we just said, hey, we need some kind of image to put in the feed. It's called yeah. Tank Riot. Let's throw some stuff together. And we sure. did. And I thought we did a but great job of it. We've had so many people send in And they really have yeah. great, beautiful yeah. ideas of what we look like and some really fun stuff. Gene sent some fun stuff. I think we cool. should... We should throw it in there. And yeah, we'll f- we'll find a spot for we'll it. find a spot for logos. Yeah, so either artistic license or we'll start a new page. Mm-hmm. I'll see what they are. I haven't seen them yet. But I think we'll change our logo so, to one of Gene's logos for fun, and you'll okay. see that probably with this episode. Sure. Beautiful. Thank you, Gene. Awesome. Thank awesome. you very much. I also want to say our contest winner. We do have a contest winner. Episode 120 was the contest. What was the combination in Duck Soup for Rufus T. Firefly? Safe? And the correct answer was to the right five, to left three, then right four. And our winner is Steve. So, Steve Mobile, you're the winner of the Tank Riot swag. That's right. And you were uh, at the lonely head of the mountain because you also had information on the tour picture. Really? Yeah. So, for the extra point questions, he spent the last couple hours digging through historical photos of Madison looking over Google Maps for a potential location, and he's from Australia. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so it was almost impossible. He's got no information on the city. But anyway, he thinks it's from a boat on the waters of Lake Mendota in the direction of the Wisconsin State Capitol sometime during the 1960s. And then the picture shows where I think it is taken from, and he linked to Reposter. I'll share that with you, Tor. You must have missed this one. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Wonderful email, wonderful description. Thank you, Steve, for the kind words and for winning the swag. So I love your long email. I'll show it to Tor since he obviously missed this one. Yes. Yeah. Send us your address and T-shirt size, and we will figure out how to ship a box to To Sydney, Australia. Oz. 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, Australia. And yeah. uh, and you're gonna love it, man. You're gonna you, love it. You know, we we could just like tunnel a mail truck right through the earth. <laughs> we could, yeah. You know, I gotta say about two things actually. One is going back to the photography. One of my favorite photographers, and and one I I didn't want to bring up because I would have just been like going on for days about was uh, Man Ray. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Man Ray. Oh, oh God. He just that '30s deco, yeah, great style. You know, like he did all these garbos and everything else. Oh my god, I just I adore that. Yeah, now, I really do. Now he did sculpture and other art too, right? Yes, I I think I remember uh, you know reading about him. He like uh, took an iron, you know how you flatten your clothes type iron, right? And then welded some nails sticking out from the bottom of it, and, and then. I believe this is Man Ray. And then he said, uh, well, it's no longer a functional iron. Now it's art. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he took these beautiful black and whites of 
you know, models and, you know, like I said, Greta Garbo and, and other people and things yeah. at the time. And, and I, I, I just love Art Deco. I mean, that would be a podcast in and of itself. And that's a super cool name. I mean, Man Ray. Man Ray. I mean, exactly. that's like... Yeah, especially the character from SpongeBob. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's exactly, exactly what I was thinking. You can't thinking. think of that. And that's like, yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> But yeah, that's the yeah. I love that part of SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're eating some crisps tonight too. By the yes. way, oh, we, we should have mentioned. Thank Erica who's once again in South yeah. Korea has sent us another package. Oh, full of uh, goodies. Yes. I think some of you listeners yeah. are slackers because she's sending us some really good snacks. Yeah, snacks. I don't know really what this <laughs> snack is because it's in Korean. And we're still but, alive, but we like it. The royal poisoner ate some. The, the only <laughs> the only English words on it are is it says sweet and delicious, and it is. Amen to that. I think it is as well. Here, here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And we have another album of hand claps to listen to. Thank you for that. We are on it. So I mean, we'll be sending this great Scotty swag, and we have some anti Scott Walker stuff too. Which... Oh yeah, we've got some crazy stuff yeah. we're sending to oh, Sydney, yeah. Australia. Yeah, oh. we we want to see Scott Walker. Recall Walker posters show up in Australia. <laughs> I think that would be cool. Yeah. Oh God, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, the world round. Let's start throwing up Recall Walker to posters because it's hated well, universally. Yeah, yeah. For, for for all the gang that listens to the show, now is the point where we just randomly talk. I think okay. that we're looking at an episode or two before the recall election actually happens. Ooh. So the election is slated for June sixth, and I'm not sure. We'll probably do an episode in a three weeks, and then. Maybe we should do a special roundup of the recall election. Well, I'm in not three sure weeks, exactly we're going to be gonna... close to the primaries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got four Democratic candidates now that are uh, right. vying up to oppose them. Well, but there's, there's huge there's fake candidates. Controversy. Well, yeah. yes. There's yeah. fake candidates. So the Demo- the Republicans are throwing fake Democrat candidates out. and Desperation is a stinky cologne. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That should be a name of a cologne, though, of our proof of desperation <laughs> by Kelvin Klein. <laughs> yeah. <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> and then there would be like some tiny little French model going, desperation. You know, I did, I did recently see, and I think it was real, a, uh, a tricky dick uh, when, when Nixon was running for office, a button that was, they can't lick our dick. <laughs> have you seen that one? Yes, I yeah. have. And I was like, that can't be real. <laughs> and I think it's real. I think it really, that wouldn't fly today. No, oh, but, I think know, it might. They can't I mean, lick Santorum. That would not fly. Oh, God. You know, one thing I think we have to talk about is that we were all like brutally robocalled. Before oh, and yeah, after the primary. Yeah. So, so first part of it is, okay, yeah. the Republicans come to town. <laughs> so I kept getting the red, white, and blue club, the red, white, and blue this, the red, white, and blue that. Well, see, I collect like political buttons and paraphernalia and so forth. So I thought, okay, you know, who's going to come to Madison? Well, New Gingrich, no. Rick Santorum, no. Mitt Romney, no. Ron Paul, yes. So Ron Paul yeah. was here for like two days. Mm-hmm. And he was he was at the the Union Terrace, and and both days it was just packed. Right, yeah, it's like the slash dot crowd, and there's like a a subculture of Ron Paul lovers. Yes, yes, you know. But it was yeah. weird. It was it was like watching. So I mean, like Ron Paul is not 
an exciting speaker, you know, or this like dynamic personality in any way, shape or form. And he always starts off, but you, you could see like, okay, all these people were, you know, pretty young and, you know, definitely all impressionable, connected, idiots, tattooed, engineers, and pierced. And, you know, I'm sorry, I've got all these like. Yeah, I've got all these stereotypes that yeah. I think so, of like, these Ron you know, Paulers. They pulled out their skull candies and were just like <laughs> listening to this, you know, weird old fart talk about, well, okay, I think that you should do this, this, and this. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he, I mean, the thing about Ron Paul is he really doesn't he dilute it. You know, he just then starts going off on, you know. Did they agree with the like, crazy bullshit well, too? Well, you know, that was the thing. It was like they were they were like cherry picking literally while right. he was talking. Oh, but, you know, I like this. You don't and... elect five of the guy's ideals. You elect all of the guy's That's ideals. That's the yeah. point. Exactly. He's a whole so package. It if was... you like two thirds of it or one third of it, generally. It was, yeah. kind, it was kind of creepy. Well, to be it, honest, it's like so... the drug pusher. You know, the first one's free. Yeah, with, exactly. With, with Ron Paul, it's like <laughs> the first one makes sense. Right. Yeah. But after that, yeah. And then knows? after that, we're talking about, oh, a return to monarchy and feudalism yeah. and isolationism. <laughs> and yeah, okay. Yeah, fine. Well, some things are great. Most things not. Not. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I just It just pisses me off that there's people that in a, th- a thinking, a group of true thinkers or free thinkers or people who really yeah. think a lot and care about issues they can actually still have faith in this guy. It's just unbelievable to me yeah. that they're blinding themselves so much to well, I so mean, much of his message. They hear this certain part that says, well, I'm anti-war. Well, I'm, you know, for legalizing drugs and freeing up the prison system and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, but then it all gets down to, yeah, but you have really no centralized government and it goes like beyond confederacy and it's all just kind of like, the posse comitatus, and if you don't know what that is, please Google, <laughs> Google that. Google that immediately, <laughs> because we would just watch Hot Tub Time Machine again. again. Yes, Mrs. Yeah, Sputnik Luger. wanted to see awesome. Hot Tub Time Machine again. <laughs> we so need to watch that again. We're watching it, and it's like, oh my god, it's it it just keeps being funny, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was a kid in the seventies, we didn't really know what the posse comitatus was. But that was, you know, being a kid, there's always, you have to have a boogeyman of some sort, you know, right. and so that we talk about stories of, oh, the posse comitatus, they're going to, oh, they're going to get you or I whatever. I have so yeah. many posse stories. Yeah. So for one, a significant number of people that I graduated from high school joined the posse. <laughs> Sorry. And, and they're like, no, no, it is funny. <laughs> And it's like not they were like the popular yeah. kids, and then they joined this you know weird fringe. So I like group. know where you went to high school at it. Yeah, so oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> right. Oh my god, it was just so weird. And then later on in life, you know, I, I did some jury duty, and there were like these posse comitatus members, and they always invariably wanted to represent themselves, which was also, of course, like a really bad mistake. Mm-hmm. When I was in college undergrads i went to stevens point and there was this guy that was from tigers and dells where it's like a posse stronghold and we went up there (laughs) and it used to be like his mom's like squire station wagon you know so it's got all the panel you know fake paneling on it and everything and we're just like you know drinking like mad we're driving up the tigers and dells and he drives out into this field because he's got no headlights on 
and there's all these like double wides out there. And then he just turns on all his lights and starts honking the horn. <laughs> and he wants his posse here. The- <laughs> and there, all the fucking lights come on. All these guys come roaring out. It's like he just peels out in the Brady wagon. So it's like, yeah, these are my experiences of the posse comatanas. Wow. <laughs> See, you know, I I grew up at the time that we talked about the Posse Comitatus Boogeyman. I was in Wisconsin Rapids. Oh. Which is probably not that far from From Tigers Dells. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, but we were kids. We really didn't know what it was about, but we just heard enough, enough from the grownups that we knew it was something pretty strange and weird and dangerous. You know what I mean? So, right. So, I mean, because all it really means is, is like Robin Hood. Uh, all we yeah. recognize is the sheriff. Everything above that doesn't exist. What the wow. fuck? <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. So please let us know what you think about Dr. Seuss or any of the other topics we may have discussed tonight <laughs> at feedback at tankriot.com. We enjoy and appreciate your responses and certainly your donations. Definitely. Definitely. We did receive some donations, and um, I, I, I just want to say uh, thank you. Thank you very for much. those that donated. Very generous, and we appreciate that. And yeah, yeah, we received some really generous donations from people, and we appreciate yeah. them all. Uh, very, a, very A few much. of the recent donations come from Sherry, Gregory, Paul Michael, and William. So thank you so much. It does very, help very pay for our hosting fees and that sort of thing. We do appreciate and it. it mm-hmm. And it's very helpful. Thank you. I have no idea how in this show. I don't know. I think maybe we'll have to go with some crib shitter or something, huh? Well, I, I just I, want to say pray for change. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all right, fine. Before we before we end this, I got to say it was really exciting to see Glenn Grothman on uh, Stephen Colbert called Glenn, Glenn Grothman. <laughs> it was one of those national things. But yeah, yeah. saying that uh, men care more about pay than women. The latest, you know, attack on women. Oh, uh, yeah, he sponsored a bill to uh, to repeal a equal pay. They're they're repealing the ability we have for people to sue for equal pay. It's just it's not that they're repealing equal pay, but they're repealing the ability to enforce equal pay in, in law. a state court. In a state, yeah, it's just yeah. unbelievable how yeah. backward these guys are, and it's amazing. And it goes all the way to the national level, and it goes through the Tea Party. It's right. an amazingly connected the Tea Alex Party. Sponsored the Tea Party thing. has become like a valid third party. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, know. they own the Republican Party. I thought they'd die yeah. out, but it turns out they're owning. It's like they live. <laughs> they own that party, and they're they're the marching orders. And they, right. if yeah. you're wearing yeah. those goggles, man, you're saying the things they want to say. That's and right. Alec is making all well, the rules. It, it, it's amazing. It, it is kind of like the the Sneechers, where it, you know they're saying, "Well, we have stars on our belly." So therefore, right. we should get paid more. Social Darwinism you know? works yeah. for us. Why can't it work for you? I know, I know. But yeah. it's amazing. The electorate but, is half women. Did you know that? Yes. It's, it's just amazing. <laughs> yes, I did. So, <laughs> probably a little better than that. If half, you are yeah. a woman and you don't like being forced to have things you know, shoved up your vagina, if you're well, but you know, this, thinking this about is, an abortion, yeah. Scott Walker or you want to get introduced... paid the same as a man. I mean, this yeah. kind of shit is really obnoxious. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I can, you know, in the 70s, you had the, you know, the Equal Rights Amendment, the ERA. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, mm-hmm. that was shot down because well, it's like you, you were know, saying, it took you know, until 1920 because to, the, the, you they owe stu- lunches to the Black Panthers. It's like the feminist movement. You take that for granted that well, women make I, the I'm same sorry, as men. The feminist movement. You mean, of course, the feminazis. The feminazis. Yeah. Well, from the, the EIB network. The the ERA got shot down because they started a, a scare campaign that every bathroom would be turned into a unisex bathroom, and and you know whatever. Yeah, which was. Total baloney. Yeah, you, you know, it's just wacko it's, it's craziness. It's always stupid bullshit yeah. that it just it it means nothing. The I mean, there's times when you listen to these these, I don't know what do we call them? Far right conservatives, crypto fascists. I don't know what crypto fascists. Like crypto. Let's go with, go with crypto fascists. <laughs> and the fact that it's it's 2012 and they're still saying shit like this, and it actually has. Uh, meaning leverage and or leverage. Meaning. Yes. You almost kind of hope the Mayans are right and, <laughs> you know, the polls is shift and, you know, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, don't... I just hope the, the, the near right Republican Obama wins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. You the know, guy, and, and the I, guy yeah. that will not close yeah, Gitmo. I, I heard this joke uh, yeah. near Easter that, you know, I, I can't believe as a Tea Party member that Obama that his birth certificate is real. There's just not enough proof right. that he's actually born in Hawaii right. and not Africa. But Jesus did rise from the grave 2,000 years ago. <laughs> That's right. That I can believe. And Jesus and Obama are both ancient <laughs> aliens. Muslims. <Yeah. laughs> ancient secret Muslims. I can, I can believe that Jesus thing. But, you know, the, the Equal <laughs> Rights Amendment wasn't going to cause unisex bathrooms. But you know what did? What? When Scott Walker proposed some really stupid laws and like 100,000 people showed up at the Capitol to protest yeah, and there was bathroom shortages right. because of that. Well, when I was protesting, one of the bathrooms essentially turned into a unisex bathroom. So you had, I think it was violence. A, it, it was a men's room, but oh, the, wait, no violence. The women were like coming in too because you know they had, they needed to use the bathroom, and it, it wasn't that bad. Everybody, no, yeah, just the, leave the seat up, down, yeah, down, or down, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But right. you know, there's little doors on the stalls, so it all mm. worked out. And uh, but <laughs> or or if you have to pee but, in the sink, aim at the drain. Right, aim at the drain. That's it. But, <laughs> I mean, words to live by. I, yeah. I'm going to needlepoint that. But I, I mean, <laughs> if if you're afraid of unisex bathrooms, get rid of the Republicans. Yeah, because they're the ones causing them by their crazy what, laws. What are you, some kind of Puritan? I mean, you've never been to a Brewer game. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, shit gets ugly in between innings. <laughs> you're just lucky if stuff actually happens in the bathroom and not <laughs> somewhere else. Right? I know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, seriously, after a certain point, really, you're staying awake worrying about this kind of shit. Yeah. This kind of trivial crap. I, okay, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and, and oh, the other thing yeah. is Kathy Nicholas has been forced to step down from her county executive post of actually counting votes. Oh, right. oh she... but she doesn't lose her job as prime vote counter in no, Waukesha County. No, 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 no. But, yeah. you know, I'm not going to be trusted to count votes anymore. Waukesha, the fourth what the rank. What the hell is yeah. wrong with you, Waukesha? I mean, uh, yeah. this woman oh, where, needs where does to one resign. Yeah, no Kathy, who I didn't save my access program, so I don't have the votes, except that yeah. access automatically saves all the data all the time. So who Gentlemen, knows what happened, yeah. I think before we close this podcast, though, we must, we must mention the general accounting services the gas okay and the recent debacle okay okay Okay. mention it so 
They are the oversight group for the federal government, which, you know, basically does the accounting. So when you hear about a snafu in accounting, uh, (laughs) they're the guys that look into it. Okay. Okay. So they recently had a huge party slash meeting slash um retreat mm-hmm. to Vegas. Oh yeah, but that's and, not what's the big and, deal? And they spent like eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, like minting their own oh. coins and just like doing all this crap. Wow. Like Okay, the, like that wouldn't be bad at any time, but like during an election year mm-hmm. and just thinking that no one in the world would possibly know about this. <laughs> yeah, know? I was surprised by that, but I wasn't surprised by that. I was no. like, you know, that shit just happens in any big organization where you've it got does. someone who's in charge of fundraising and their job is to figure right. out that's how to right. get little flashlights made with your company logo on it. That's or, right. You and know, you that's know someone's job yeah. and they have to do that. We've mm. all been or are public sector employees and there's one thing that's like heroin to us and that is tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to you, you're you, going to give away the tchotchkes. Oh god, you can't you can't mm-hmm. say no to tchotchkes. You know what the best one is? What? In my opinion, what the flash drives? The flash drives are. Really I was a whore awesome. for flash drives at conferences. Um, I would oh, put yeah. on the same level as the flash drives, the super balls that <laughs> that light up. I have a friend who's what? like a pen addict. Uh-huh. You know, like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. There's someone else. There's someone else as well. And I also have someone who is in charge of tchotchkes. I know a guy who does tchotchkes. That's his job. And whenever I see him, he's like, hey, check out this pen. And he'll just give me a pen and he'll be like, push that button. <laughs> and I'll push the button. And he goes to dildo. And it lights up and it does multicolored lights. And I'm like, yeah. that's going in my little pen bin. So someday when someone wants a pen, I'll just push the button and hand them a pen that's sure. like. I have toolboxes full of pens. Yeah. I mean, it's a sickness with me. Yeah. It really is. But but so, okay. Yeah. There's the a pen magazine, by the way. I don't know if you knew this. Really? Yeah, there is. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you, you should know, stop publishing I, that magazine. And, and, That's all I'm saying. You know, one day at, at a remodeling expo, <laughs> I, I, did, I went to a, a talk by a, a lawyer that talked about, you know, the things you got to be careful with remodeling and hiring contractors and all that kind of business. And uh, right in the middle of it, he hands hands me a, a flash drive. It, it had a legal briefing on it about this uh, landmark legal case he was talking about. <laughs> it was just like out of the blue. Like, okay, thanks. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And the first thing you do it is was delete all odd. that stuff off it and then use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Drive. Like load the, yeah. Delete, 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 delete. <laughs> delete, delete. Anyway. Yeah. So, anywho. This is the part where we talk randomly. <laughs> right. You know, gentlemen, I think it's time to say goodnight from tropical Madison, Wisconsin, the heart of Scandinavia. We're done with the show. Or are we? I don't show? know. Tor, go. <laughs> There's a wocket in my pocket. <laughs> that's, that's what she said. I don't know. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Victor. I'm just popping in for a quick show note. Outro music today is going to be by the local Madison band, Crib Shitter. 
I also wanted to mention these guys are going to be playing around the Midwest a little bit. I believe they're going to be in Milwaukee on May 4th. They've got a big show in Oshkosh on May 5th. They'll be in Eau Claire in June in Minneapolis, uh, June 23rd. So check them out if you get a chance and you're in the Midwest. Otherwise, enjoy this song off the new album, Methlehem. This track is called Boom Goes the Vagina Mite. I got four days left to wipe me cooler with this piece of legislation. I got three days left before they put my frequent flyer privations. I got two days until my girl leaves me high and dry in a speedo. Too soon. I got one day left to keep it really, 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 really real. Trash and toss it in the crowded beer garden. Uh. Boy, you gotta get your mind right. Boy, you gotta get your mind right. Boy, you gotta get your mind right. Get it right, get it right, get it right. You gotta get your mind right. Boy, you gotta get your mind right. Cause like the cat shit man. <laughs> i fucking love that one i freaking thought that up probably like 15 years ago it's just because it rhymes <laughs> i finally got to use it <laughs> 
going to start a podcast in five years. Sure. Then I'll start this podcast and I'll record it. And God, I'm out of fucking everything. 